You're listening to Oh Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi and Lilith Arvai. Crazy, right? Yeah. I'm, I mean, you know Rasputin. That's what I wolf out of you, you know. The fucker can't, they can't kill the guy. <laughs> really? Or no, I can't kill myself. But you know his story, I'm sure you know about Rasputin, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable constitution. They stabbed him, they burned him, they yeah. hanged him. The guy, they tried to drown him. All that in a 24-hour period, they couldn't kill him. It took him like... I don't know how many attempts, but, um, yeah. Welcome to Yoshi Didn't, where we just start without any interest. <laughs> We're not very professional, but um, thanks, Lily. Okay. I, I, I do want people to download the um, app, Yoshi Didn't app, and um, all, the, all the new episodes will be yoshidin.com. So um, yeah. here I am. Um, this this one this tonight's episode you know of course I, I say it every episode's great but um, this is a very special one because um, I'm I, I, I'm very honored to have this gentleman in here because I I, I would have been really uncomfortable even asking him to do it. and he you you came to me and um, um, savor the the great artist I am. I don't have an art background, and you know I, I I know a lot about it through our mutual friend David Cho. And yep. David Cho is a great artist, a great friend, but he's a real hard ass person to get to know, <laughs> and he does not like vast majority of humanity. And you're you're you, you no, know, he really hates most people. Yeah. He hates his fans too, yeah. and he will tell you, looking at your face, he hates them. Yeah, and um, that's why I love him. <laughs> But when he say he likes somebody and have a love and respect, it's real. It's it's real and like uh, it's you know, real bro bromance. Bromance and he have a lot of respect for you for uh, as a great human being and artist and uh, I just have he have a lot of respect for you. So it means a lot. So when when he does that, like I don't even have to know your background. Like yeah. I know you're a great guy and um, um the way I uh, obviously you're a great artist. I've seen your work. It's great. But the way I I, I would describe you. You have the artistic talent of Michelangelo, but the physical toughness of Lawrence Taylor. Because <laughs> when you're a street artist, it's not like you're in a comfortable facility painting things. You know, yeah. you're in streets, and any crazy random shit could happen. And you're you're you're, you're um, dealing with the police, homeless person, uh, annoying kids. I mean, you name it. And Let's also be let me let me be honest, Frank. Even more frank, um, I have a conflicted feeling about graffiti for a long time because yeah. before I met you guys, I lived in a really bad neighborhood and most of it was like a criminal element and yeah. uh, uh, gangs and stuff like that. So it, it, it horrified me. But this is one thing you learn in America: if you're good at it, anything, you they'll go overlook it. it. Go for it. Yeah, 
it's not nice to go around punching people, but if you're really good at it, you, you become a uh, UFC guy. Yes. It's not right to go fuck around people because fuck uh, on the camera, it's okay. It's not okay to be mean to people and say horrible things, but if you're funny at it, you make millions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of shitty artists, and those I, I have... A, uh, endless. Yeah, endless they're, they're terrible. Even, even, you know, I'm not an expert, but I could tell after hanging out with you and Dave and people like that, I could tell like what's good and what's not. That's that's the great uh, influence that you guys had on me. But um, Savert, thanks for doing the show. I'm here with um, uh, Eugene Lee. He was very kind enough to pick you up today. Um, yeah. And I apologize to everyone, and especially Ryan Stout, because I, I was really sick. I, I was I didn't really think clearly, and then she had you for the second show, and Ryan and um, um, I've been having like bloody shit. <laughs> And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Do you have hemorrhoids? Okay. Yeah, what? I don't. I, I I don't know if it's. What color is it? What color is the blood? It's it's the same color of a uh, red you see in, in Japanese flag. Okay, so it's red. Red. It's not dark. It's a dark red actually. Okay. Do you uh, spot on your underwear? Like, are there blood spots? No, but when I have to shit. Um, like the Japanese flag. This this sorry I. God, it's just terrible to bring you as an artist. I'm talking my no, bloody no, shit. No, no, I, I, I have long experience with bloody shit. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Was this is this because got, of Afghanistan, I, Yoshi? Yeah, you got a bug it, it, in it Afghanistan. Sta- it started it started from there, and um, I don't know if it's true. They, they were telling me like the era of um, Kabul and Afghanistan is like seventy percent fecal matters. I I don't know if that's true, but um, if it is, I'm breathing shit. And I'm shitting bloody <laughs> shit too. Well, have you been to the doctor? No, no, I I, think, uh, I don't I have insurance in life. No, no, it's I think you can go to the clinic. Yeah, and they'll they'll give you the antibiotics for a reasonable price. You can do that. I, I have do antibiotics. That. I've done that before many many times. That's yeah. how I would get by on the infections I would get. I mean, it, it, it didn't do it go. today, but like a couple of days ago, you know, you oh, uh, um, it, it stopped. So um, I'm, I'm fine. Now. Just coughing, I was just stopped because I can't sleep at night. But um. So, Savorit, thank you very much uh, during the show. And no. I think I'll ask a lot of dumb questions about graffiti. <laughs> so, okay. the general audience. Um, one other thing I, I remember, the little that I remember from history, graffiti is important in that uh, you go back even time of uh, Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the Roman Empire, whenever the rulers are abusive and doing, they're doing terrible things, people drew pictures of Julius Caesar uh, oftentimes, like homosexual act and things like yeah. that. To um, that was like a great way to convey message to masses because they can't read and write. Right. So it was them to fight this terrible tyrant, uh, mistreating people. And he through, had epilepsy too. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah. Look at that! All the great ones. Dostoevsky also had an epilepsy too. Um, they just seized the day. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I I think people forget like it's not just a crime thing it it is an art but it's expression of the people it's right it's basic human need to just put yourself out there yeah and if you don't have an uh, you don't have an avenue to to release that it mm-hmm. goes in creative ways and graffiti street art writing art everything that's put out on the street is just that basic example that's it it gets misread differently through time yeah um, but at the end of the day it's just a human need it's just people making their mark you know. Um, we decided to put our energy into that idea. 
you know what it's like i try to tell somebody what's the most important thing about yourself right once you die once you're gone and outside your children or outside you know what you've left personally what's your most important thing and you think your signature right you know what i'm saying so in our philosophy it would be is if you took the personal aspect and love of your own personal signature yeah and then you put all your energy into it injected it with fucking steroids smash it in the head right. and threw it onto the freeway and that's what graffiti is it's the idea that you put your entire life into this typography mindset the, the flow of letters and saber is not uh, uh an identity that became after right it's, it's about the letter combinations the abstract uh, portions of shapes and bits of the letters and that's the most important thing that's the universal language that i can take anywhere else in the world is that pattern that spaghetti that that energy cluster is the same language that i share with everyone else across the planet and so it's, it's a very universal language um that at the end of the day you can share with anybody at all times it, you know quite often i always get confused conservative people get scared by art like that like yeah. i'm glad you did with mitt romney because their tendency to like attack things if they don't understand and it was stupid on his yeah. point of view. As, as a fiscal person, that's a really stupid thing to attack that because at the end of the day, the creative industries is the second largest output. Mm-hmm. Do you mind say, saying what happened with Mitt Romney? So um, know what oh, sorry. Talking about? Yeah. Um, Mitt Romney claiming he wanted to uh, cut funding for the NEA, cut funding for the arts. Right. And at the end of the day, that's going to shut down a lot of side jobs, a lot of activity, a lot of economics because second largest industry in america is the creative you know industries which is for sure everything web builders to you know handlers and shippers it's an entire you know realm so um why are we going to cut cut funding cut energy towards that so i decided to sky right over the city new york city and say fuck you let's do this <laughs> and it, it was amazing when i saw that yeah it was um, fun uh, you know, I was able to put hashtag GOP fail, which yeah. is a real kind of uh, you know, Twitter thing, and then hashtag Romney hates art. Um, I was able to throw a Occupy Wall Street over Zuccotti. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's its own thing. Um, but what was really good personally is I was, I was able to put up some dead friends in the sky, right? Which is a big deal. Um, and uh, and just smash uh, who, the skies. Who, who was it? I mean, uh, Sace is. Um, um, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. My brain is fucking. Are they also out. graffiti artists? Yeah, old, old graffiti writers. I was hoping Col- you were going to say David Cho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's still alive. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm punched out. Basically, the video is uh, 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 hashtag defend the yeah. arts, and there's two sets to that video, and it kind of explains the mission. I like these spectacles. Yeah. Spectacles are fucking fun, you know. And I kind of learned that through graffiti when you can paint something so big on the freeway and it yeah. has this reaction. Um, that philosophy carries over, and you know, marketing-wise or, or, or something like that, it's important information. Like the stuff we've learned, you know, at one point I wanted to have every single Del Taco bathroom scribes. Right. I wanted to have every mobile gas station pump. I wanted to have all the major corners of tags on the on the curbs. I wanted to have all scribes on the toilet seats at all the museums. Yeah. You know, like beyond petty, but but it's the addiction to scratch your fucking name into something. Yeah. It's nothing like it. It feels so good. It feels so good. It's like nothing matches it. Oh my god! When you when you can take a huge fucking fat cap and you can write your name on something, right? It's a good fucking feeling. It really is. And I'm glad you're doing it because although we do different things, I'm very sensitive about free speech and like when comedians and terrible things. Yeah. And um, I'm glad you're doing hard work. I wish the conservative. I don't want to pinpoint them as a bad people. They just they should spend a little bit more time so they could appreciate what you're doing. Just like they're always afraid of 
groups of people that they don't know anything about or well, I'm last them. on the list of people they're afraid of at this point so yeah it's the entire world um you know it's sad because there's a lot of correlation between some good ideas and bad ideas and when you have somebody who says they're fiscally responsible and they say they want to shove an instrument up your daughter's crew you know her your daughter's coochie mm-hmm. and force her to take part in some medical you know procedure because of their ideology i think that we're in a very dangerous point in yeah time. i think that's fucking scary quite frankly when you can have people be- that belligerent and and believe into these things so you know through art art is a great weapon were you always political with your art or did that start when the romney thing happened or no i even how do you feel that you're political with your art well it's kind of two separate realms because i did i i developed epilepsy and i I couldn't get health insurance i had to manage this severe condition on my own um i learned the real you know traps of what the hell's going on within the system wait wait so when did you realize or when did your parents realize you had an epilepsy problem i was already living on my own i uh, uh was living in echo park and i had a seizure on the street eight years ago and uh, woke up wrestling the ambulance and yeah. uh, they were going to leave me because they thought I was crazy. Right. And mm. the neighbor came out and said, no, something's wrong with this guy. And they took me and then uh, from that point I had multiple bouts with it where, I mean, th- there were times where I, f- I fought the emergency room twice. Yeah. Pulled, I pulled, you know, it's a fucked up feeling is, is uh, waking up after you've pulled your IV out, oh. yanked it out. Like, I tried to pull my hair out. I actually got some hair out one time. I don't remember any of that. Was, yeah. <laughs> my, my girl said I was on the bed, like fucking uh, uh, night of the fucking cuckoo or some shit, pulling my hair out, just dancing and running around, and, and the, the staff couldn't hold me. So I was running around the emergency room, jumping in other people's beds yeah. and going fucking crazy. And uh, dragging the you know IV around. I yanked that out, started pushing people. That happened twice. And I uh, obviously I wasn't there mentally. I had no were idea. They, were you medicated? Like No, I had a seizure. I was medicated and I had a seizure, three, four grandma seizures, mm-hmm. and then woke up in the emergency room many times. Uh, I've woken up in county hospital, butt naked, balls hanging yeah. out the back of me, strapped in a busy room. Whoa. You know, like, I, I had a surgery on uh, my shoulder. I woke up and kind of choked in my vomit. Does, does it run in your family or you're, you're the no, only one? It's from getting my head kicked in when I was a kid. Doing way too many drugs and uh-huh. dusting twenty. How old were you when you got your head kicked in? Like fifteen. Fifteen. Really bad. Wait, who was kicking you? Yeah. I I, <laughs> I wanted to impress certain people, so I got jumped into a fake suburban gang, and their only real act of uh, valor that they believed they did was almost kill me in their process. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty interesting. I could say one of the most difficult moments in my life was when. You know, I almost lost my left eye. Yeah. And uh, uh, I had a piece of fat that was kicked off of me, like as if you took a steak and you just kicked a chunk of it. This was right. all during the initiation? like the Yeah, it was, it was seven people in a small garage for three minutes. Now, if you could think what seven people can do to a human body in three minutes. You can imagine what one person can do to another human body in seven minutes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I learned, uh, you know, kind of how the world can act. And that changed me from that point. I uh, uh, that that's why I say the, the the physical strength of a Lawrence Taylor yeah. because I've heard all of these stories and yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I, I don't know how you could be alive. You know? Yeah, there, there's many times where where uh, I, I was really afraid and um, I, there's this one moment that I see in my head that I can reflect you know uh, visually and it's like I'm lying in the uh, emergency room. This is you know in Thousand Oaks, safest city in America. Yeah, and uh, I have to come up with a lie and the sheriffs were there standing over me and they right. had me in these like fucking uh, head wrap like brace things and my eye I almost lost my left eye and so I was in beyond excruciating pain. 
and was vomiting blood and, right. and my, my head was just like mush. And uh, I had to then be cognitive of enough to keep up on my lie right. that I said Wow. during that moment. That's difficult. Yeah. And so, you know, my mom was really stressed. I put my mom through hell. I had, I had a drive-by at my house in Thousand Oaks, safest city in America. That was fucking hilarious. It made the front page news. That was good. My parents were on vacation and they came home to the newspaper. Was <laughs> this because there. you were in the gang and then another gang? Yeah, some bullshit. It was actually old friends, me, new friends. And I was banging this girl in my mom's closet. And then my new friends came who were kind of scary guys and yeah. older. And my old friends were the guys who did that to me. Oh. And so it all unfolded this like this. Karma Wait, were you living in Glendale? I, I grew up in Glendale. Oh, yeah. you did? Yeah. Oh, so you're familiar with the Armenians. Sorry. <laughs> Well, okay, 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 hey, okay, at least okay. they didn't kick your head in. Well, okay. Maybe your balls. Uh, no. You know, I have to say, I have to say, I've had, I, there's, there's, I, I, I've come across some amazing Armenian family people who were mm. fantastic, mm. great people. But I have to say, I've had some difficulties as well. Yes. <laughs> Just like all people. That's yes. it. That's, That's, it. Good That's in the all bad. I'm going to say. I've met some very lovely people. Yes. <laughs> but. Uh, Glendale. All my friends that was the gang in Glendale. No, no, no. It was, it was, a, it was fucking safest. It was rated the safest city in America. Yeah. And this was this was the shit I was doing because you know it was the trend. It was, Not today. It, there's all that fucking fire. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, that's cl- that's yeah. further up north. Uh, oh, is it Camarillo? Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I saw a lot of fires. There. Same difference. <laughs> yeah, white people, suburbia. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you have you seen that movie Havoc? No. Oh, because that's. Yeah your life that you're describing right now well, this Anne is Hathaway sliver. With, like white uh, like i would i'm imagining like white people in gangs and, um, and no, more of an no. affluent nature or no, no no no, no? It, wasn't, it wasn't like that it was more like this experiment gone wrong yeah. everywhere it wasn't specific to us because people had ties back to la and it was a, it was uh um it wasn't real it was it, at that point where it was it was it was a it was an infected mindset Mm. And it was about proving your worth as a dude. And right. Because if I was going to be this guy, I knew that I had to do something in order to prove myself physically. Because in the real world, there are real dangerous people out there. So the initiation process was to kind of test you. And you're not supposed to get killed in the process. You're right. just supposed to be tested and see how you react. That went on but everywhere. But how many minutes? Everywhere. Three minutes. That went on everywhere. Everywhere you mean in the U.S.? Or, uh, or like in everywhere? Southern California, dudes who had nothing else to do with themselves. This is pretty much the shit that they were doing at parties. Before the internet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right? Right? I mean, starting, yeah. Starting it went fucking ape shit. And here I am in the fucking suburbs. But you see, I, I have friends. How old were you, by the way? 15? Uh, that was when I was 15. Um, Jesus. Uh, so you have physical toughness even back then. Well, my, doc, my dad taught me how to box early. Oh. My first real fight, mm-hmm. which was actually pretty bad as a kid, was with the first Armenian that went to my yeah. school. And I was in fourth grade and he was in sixth grade. And it got really ugly. But so Who won? It was even. I got hurt. We both got hurt. Um, but it was, you know, and yeah. that was my friend Doug Jackson who who said, uh, I'm going to make you fight. And I said, fine. So he made us fight. He later um, basically got locked up in the system, became a crazy oh. Nazi lowrider maniac tattoos on his right. face. And he's gone. And, and so I've had a lot of friends go away forever, come back. Um, so that, so it's interesting. I, my parents worked really hard, and they had the things. So everything I had, I needed. You know what I'm saying? From from a from another kid's point of view, I was a spoiled piece of shit. From are you the only point, child? Yes. Mm-hmm. Regular point of view, I did what I had to do, and uh, you know I always had everything I needed. But I, I wasn't the type of kid that wanted a showboat or yeah. get, you know I wanted to get good at painting early. And originally, I was good at getting good at skating. 
that was a goal. And then that turned into graffiti. And were you doing graffiti when you were in the gang? Like, were you tagging? Yeah. And well, I was trying to develop that. Mm-hmm. That was kind of an initiation process for me to 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 prove my worth. Your art, yeah. Well, or it not was a quite. side thing. It was like, yeah. you know, you're young and you're, you're this young, not even a man yet. There's this pressure on you. And this, yeah. is, this is society. It's not this specific issue. This is overall now. Mm-hmm. We're talking about why Americans do the certain things they do, specifically masculine mindset. Um, this is something that we're all faced with at some point, and that is uh, proving yourself uh, physically or your valor or whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah. at some point. Um, when I, at my generation, it became a disease to where it became habitual. You got addicted to it. And then I, I mean, I've lost friends. I've seen people shot and murdered. I've, yeah. I've mm-hmm. seen terrible things happen because of this mindset that became a, a sadistic disease that took over my entire fucking generation. Mm-hmm. And I've lost a lot of friends along the way. Yeah. I've got some, a lot of ugly stories. I was always the guy that was kind of hanging on the outside going like, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, come on guys. Like, um, but you know, I always knew though that if I had to be tested, I had to react. And that was the number one thing that if you were tested, mm. you had to fucking react. And if yeah. you didn't react, then your life would be worse on the other end of it. So I learned to be smart and react when it was necessary. Did they approach you or you approached them? Um, kind of both, you know. But that was such a, it, it was a, a significant, mo- it was like being fed to the lamb, it was like being a lamb fed to the wolves, in right. essence, um, to prove their worth, to see if they can do that. Now, this, this is what's interesting is this led me to change the, my brain behavior. I started getting on meds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, something happened to my brain chemistry after this. And my family will talk about it. They'll say something really happened to my brain chemistry oh. after this severe beating. Yeah. And, um, head it, trauma. Head trauma. And so all of a sudden they try to put me on meds. They start thinking I was like fucking crazy. Antidepressants. Or? Antidepressants, Ritalin, Wellbutrin. I was fucking dropping acid and Prozac. I said, fuck you. You're going to put me on, on Prozac? I'm going to drop acid too just to prove to you that oh. I don't give a fuck. You wow. know? And so I was willing to go there. And uh, I noticed the Wellbutrins were fucking with my head. Nasty. Ooh. And I was like, this can, is can not you, right. Can you, you know? can you pause for a second? What is that? Wellbutrin, it's a SNRI. So it's a norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. It's used as an antidepressant. It was originally um, developed for people to stop smoking. That They developed <laughs> that drug to give to people who wanted to stop smoking. So it's a stimulant. It gives you energy. But it's also, yeah. it has a dopaminergic effect, so it, it helps you with dopamine. So what that does is it gives you anxiety. Yeah. So that's the side effect, and that's why you feel fucking loopy so crazy. And like, yeah. your heart's like beating out of your chest. and yeah. Horny as fuck, okay? <laughs> Lost, angry, wanting to prove myself, stuck in a fucking lonely classroom. Yeah. I was ready to explode every day. You know what I'm saying? I, I was fucking Fuck. going crazy. Then they had uh, they had the Wellbutrin, the Ritalin. I was like, "Fuck the Ritalin!" Can't believe they um, gave you all of the Prozac. My mom didn't know any better. She she would listen to these fucking doctors. This this is nothing compared to what I dealt with after the seizures. After I had the epilepsy, um, um, they, well, they tried to uh, test. Can, can you give description? I mean, I, I never had the experience. What is it like when you had it first time? I'd, and I'd, what do you think it was going on? I didn't know. <clears throat> Basically, you get this uh, uh, deja vu feeling, like this this overwhelming sense of deja vu. And then you know, it, that's before though, and that's called an aura, which is a small seizure. And to me, those are signals, the big ones coming, and a big ones a grandma seizure. And I think I might have talked about this Dave's podcast, but um, you know, I took like a year of Russian studies, and we had to read Dostoevsky, and they were ready to execute him for um, when he did political activities, right? And they took him into this room, and the firing squad is right there, and they're ready to shoot him. But what happened was they did it on the purpose where Tsar was 
um, let him go. Like they're about to shoot him. Mm. It's, they like, made it's like V for Vendetta. Yeah, they, they test you. They, they test you, right, and right. Uh, he was relieved. But this trauma was was so severe. He started developing epilepsy ever yeah. since then. Yeah. And one of the interesting things he said was the little before he has an actual the, the seizure, he said, this is when he became very religious, that he said he became one with God. And he was very religious after that yeah. experience. And, um, mm. and uh, so God can lick my balls. Wow. <laughs> So do you, do you I don't, I'm not a religious guy in any means, but do you do you face that? I have a problem with all that. Yeah, I'm glad. No, no, no. It is. You know what it is? Is is I understand the brain mm-hmm. in the sense that I've been on so many different drugs. I've experimented with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been in different mindsets. So so I know that the brain has tremendous power, tremendous chemistry. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of people who don't acknowledge that can use that as a vehicle for their imagination. Right. And that's where religion comes in, as far as I'm concerned. Right. You know. I felt the void. The void is not being there, which is having a seizure and your brain doesn't, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. Because I've had most of my seizures in my sleep and I have two, three, four. I've woken up uh, 10 times with the fire department in my house. They had to break down my door twice, you know. Um, and uh, it's, it's something that, that you just wake up from. You don't go to sleep. You don't know what happens. The headache is the most pain I've ever felt. I've impaled myself. I've fallen on fences and ripped my stomach out. I've That's right. That, that was in Barcelona. That was great. No, that was in L.A. by myself. Yeah, okay. I, 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 uh, yeah, that was a good one. I had fat coming all out of me. It was fucking hilarious. It smelled terrible. And people, like, find you and call 911? No, no, I was that? by myself, and I had to jump into my little beat-up Saturn You're that I kidding. kicked a hole no. in the side of him. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> so, if you hear all, most of his stories, you just can't believe he's alive. Oh my god! Yeah, and uh, that was that was very gory. If anyone's meant to be here, you're fucking meant to be <laughs> well, here. Well, that's still that's still nothing, you know. I mean, that's still that one I got, I filleted. Um, uh, we you talked about filleted. the yeah, we talked about this at the show, and it was yeah. it was the, the the finger being penetrated by this uh, surgeon who was very happy to finger bang me. Um, <laughs> my stomach was really yeah. gnarly. Dude. I was like, he was he was uh, really enjoying his finger bang session with me, and it was kind of disturbed about that. But um, anyway, I, you know, I, I've seen what the body can go through, and, and right now I'm at my lowest phys- physical state. Right now, I'm very weak physically, even though I'm mentally stronger than I think I've ever been. Yeah. So I got to catch back up. Um, can, 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 uh, I, I've seen a bunch of your clips uh, yesterday and today, and I saw a clip of your mom, a lovely lady, and I could tell she really loves you. And I'm glad you're alive, but I can't imagine being a mother, bring this person to this world, and She's just loving and caring, and like, it must have been really tough for her too. My mom know? is fucking insane. Did you make her insane, or was she just? My insane? mom is already insane. Yeah, she is a creative powerhouse. Yeah, hyper computer that does not shut off and is on fucking fire, twenty four seven. So uh, she made me. I'm a reflection of my mom right. to that degree. So, so she, she has to she ask you, like, son, monster. can you not get impaled this week? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, can you not get your head bashed in again this yeah, week? Yeah, she, she didn't know what to do. She, yeah. she was very upset about it. My dad tried to cruise through it. My dad was awesome. He was a fantastic guy. Amazing. I uh, lost him to a drunk driver. Um, <gasps> yeah, three or four years ago. Oh. Yeah, fucking Christmas I, Eve, bro. This fucking dickhead. Young dude leaves a Christmas party. I didn't party. know that. Yeah, leaves his Christmas party five points over the limit 
and just crushes my dad. And that's nothing happened to him. He died too, and he had a family as well. Oh, so the hardest thing I had to do was go to North Carolina, where he had a new relationship with this woman, this nice woman who also had a son who lived in the basement who likes his firearms, right? And was like the opposite version of me, but way more intense and they had this battle going on and uh um so my dad started building but he builds boats his beautiful handcrafted boats so he said i'm gonna try this and he worked it obviously creativeness runs the family (laughs) yeah he i mean he he he, both my parents were artists yeah they always guided me through this and um i had to go through this weird house and take grab all our family's shit and that was and it got even weirder i don't know see i don't know how crazy he might get um but I don't think he'll ever hear this. But he told me that believe me, only two people listen to it. It's yeah. me and Lily. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, for quality assurance. Yeah. yeah, he he told me that he saw my father come to him in the basement and say, "Wake your punk ass up! It's time to do life." Wow. And then disappeared. And then knew that my father was dead and ran outside to the accident where it was this terrific scene. Oh no! I don't even know this dude. Yeah. He's telling me about my father, who yeah. I'm very close with. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And uh, uh, so there's there's been in many instances in my life where I was involved with other people's hallucinations, yeah. other people's religious moments. I have quite a few friends back in my old days who are beyond religious extremists in that sense of mm-hmm. Christian. You know, they hallucinate every day, and and I'm connected with them in that sense because I love them and, and I appreciate them. But um, I have some fucking issues. With a lot of shit about specifically religion. Um, yeah. Um, you know, well, so do I. It's it, yeah. It makes me sick. You know, I, I was having. It, I had this beautiful moment in time where I had to argue with my friend, who's a hardcore right wing. Yeah. Dude, um, who who's who's you know believes gay people should be put to death because of the fucking New Testament and yeah. and and only you know blah blah blah. He's out of his fucking mind. Only go to go to heaven if you believe in Jesus Christ. Right. Out of his fucking mind with this shit. And right. I'm like, dude, you're out of your fucking mind. And I said. At this point, after the blood that I've seen spilt with specifically my ty- my buddy Ty and, and lots of other friends, and then looking at my father and knowing the vision of the, of the gruesome scene that I know that he he died in, yeah. like there's no fucking God. That's your that's your that's your security blanket to be afraid to look at the truth and leap forward yeah. in your own essence as a fucking human being and not use this pile of shit, ancient fucking bullshit story as a crutch. To fucking hide yourself from the rest of the fucking world, yeah. and then pass judgment on everyone else and say that you're better than me because you believe in this fucking fairy tale, you know what I'm saying? It's like shit drives me nuts. And 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 but I, I there's certain people that I do love because of it, and uh, uh, so I uh, support that. But the other shit, I, I got I got some plans. I'm, I'm I have some artistic ideas. Ooh, <laughs> look at your I like to play, you know. Like to play. Yeah. But I have to be careful in this particular realm. Should the Westboro Baptist Church be afraid? No, no, no. They're they're already they got enough clown posse shit going on. They're out of their marbles. Um, when, when when did you know that like you're actually very talented at art? Did it was it put early, it uh, early on? Is that right? Very early because my parents told me I was. So similar to David Cho's, my, yeah. Uh, yeah. My uh-huh. parents and I'm, I'm trying to groom my daughter the same way. My parents told me I was talented. Yeah, they put this. And you were, you were actually were. Well, no, I was just like anybody else. Yeah, I just put that energy into that path. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Everyone has the same brains, the same opposing thumbs. Right. You know what I'm saying? The same back aches, the same fucking eyes. 
the thing is though we just put energy in different things and right for me um you know art was uh, an escape and something that i loved and was obsessed to do you know i was very fortunate because early on my mom um she worked for one of these special effects companies right. that did all the for the movie so you know my mom had the original uh, alien face hugger in her fucking office oh is that right yeah or, or i get to play with the fucking aliens you know <laughs> um half torso of king kong sitting there right there fucking 30 feet tall um, I got to try uh, on the uh, last Starfighter. All the shit. Yeah. They'd sit me down. They'd put clay in front of me and shit. And so they would try to cultivate you know, me into this direction. And uh, so I was very, very fortunate. Our garage sales just crushed it with yeah. the fucking <laughs> zombie masks and shit, dude. <laughs> Our Halloweens were awesome. My parents were very creative people. My mom was actually very, very successful in her sense. Um, she, uh, you know, she was one of the first female president alumni of Art Center. She was the oh, first. Oh, cool. You know, oh, is that right? Yeah. And then she moved up the ranks and, and did all sorts of shit. Ended up being one of the first um, uh, female VPs at a division at Disney. And at That's why you guys lived in Glendale. Yeah. No, no, no. Or before Thousand Oaks. That was for Design Works, which was for BMW. Okay. Oh, okay. Because there's a lot of studios around there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was lucky enough as a young kid to go and yeah. look at these the cars that are on the street now. Yeah. I was able to, to look at, look at the original drawings, play on the prototypes. You know, so I was extremely fortunate in the sense that I got to see this this creative world that that they really cultivated. Um, you know, but a lot of tragedies happened along the way that, right. that led me to, you know, the shit that, that kind of you know led me to where I am. And, and um, you know, when you see life through that, through the physical nature, when you see life through yeah. through through blood and bones, you you see like, you know, the fragileness of it. But also, I, I've accepted my own mortality. You know, mm-hmm. I, once you've gone black more than once or twice or 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, you've accepted that you're going to die, especially when people around you keep going. Right. You know, just lost a buddy, you know, last month or whatever, a buddy next. You know, it's, it's just endless um, examples of humanity. We come and we go. And so, you know, I've accepted it. You know, I've lost a lot of friends and, and, and uh, it's just part of the process. I've, I've actually been invited into people's lives quite a few times to take part in their deaths. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, I was there at their houses watching them go. A couple of people's mothers, uh, yeah. dear friend Cuz recently, um, my, my girl's m- mom, um, quite a few people that I was somehow take part in watching them go. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't bother me. You know what I'm saying? It Do you not fear death? Because I fear death now because mm-hmm. I have this beautiful daughter who's yeah. amazingly gorgeous so i have to at least if i can go i gotta set some shit up mm. you know because i i'll be honest i've had a struggle it's you know i've chose the artist path that hasn't you know a lot of people think i'm a fucking millionaire you know and yeah. very soon that's going to be true but i've had to work my ass off to get to this particular position and and uh you know that's where the line the line gets that's really cloudy because you have this graffiti mindset this old school mindset right. this tribal mindset and now i'm this artist blah 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 and the success of street art and the whole uh, explosion um, at the end of the day, they're two separate worlds, and the the, the look of it has been commodified. The, mm. the the example of it, the the essence of it, has been commodified. But at the end of the day, each person has their own path. I know dudes who do graffiti till, till they're dead, and they'll never touch a canvas in their life. Right. And I know dudes who only do you know canvas work. And and at the end of the day, it's each person's path, and there's no box to put on it. And so um, I have a lot of challenges with certain people who say, well, why don't you do this or that anymore? And I say, well. 
you know, go impale yourself and then we'll talk about it. You how did you, <laughs> when did you start monetizing your art and how did you do that? Early on, because I had to, to learn how to survive as an artist. So, um, you know, I started really early mm-hmm. doing paintings. I was painting for uh, pottery, doing a little flower, you know, a little old lady flower right. ladies I know, you know, <laughs> you know. It's like fucking faux finishing restaurants, faux finishing Chevy's restaurants. I did the fucking salsa oh, no lady. Yeah, I was rocking the salsa ladies for three summers, dude, you know. Like, <laughs> Learned how to go leaf through doing ceilings. I would always hustle jobs that were artistic that, that could get me by. And, and I learned how to do that early. And, um, um, and I always had the support of my mom and my parents to say, do what you need to do. We wish you the best. But they had to deal with a lot of shit. I mean, I would come home to dinner and my best friends on, you know, front page news numerous times. Or I'd come home to dinner and we're watching TV, watching Married with Children or some yeah. shit. My best friends and the fucking main topic of fucking Fox 11 News, like. 20 times so they knew something was fucking going on and they're like okay how do we deal with this shit yeah. i said look you're not going to deal with it except that you know i could go and that's it, and that was go, it. going <laughs> and they weren't religious no no mm-hmm. they were driven my dad was a craftsman and he liked to chill he liked he liked to ch- he didn't like that grind as hard so he wanted to do craftsman work um, my mom was a monster my mom was a fucking monster Monster sounds like an interesting lady. She's very interesting. She does mm. trend for she's like she her whole thing was master of trend, trend forecasting. Mm. So here she is. I'm 11 years old and she's giving me pamphlets and full on printouts and magazine details on what trends are, are happening now and next year. Yeah, with colors, samples, textures, fashion. She's like <laughs> books of this shit. Fucking she did the first the Nokia color line. That was her whole pet project. Oh, is that right? Do, do the colors for Nokia. Yeah, all this crazy shit. Um, so I was very fortunate in the sense that, that I got to be, it was a kid, I was hanging out at Art Center, you know, so I, I was always... You were in the right environment. Very, yeah. yeah, very creative environment, and uh, that really cultivated who, who I was. So my goal now is to create the same environment for my daughter, um, and, and to, you know, she'll she'll take the painting and just start trashing one of my paintings yeah. I'm working on, and, you know, I say, fucking leave it. I go, fine, it's going to stay there. It's part of it. Let's roll. You know, so I enjoy that. I enjoy <laughs> the whole thing. I got a good poop story. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, so you know, uh, uh, changing diapers is, is, is something that is like an eventual rite of passage, I guess, as a mm-hmm. human being to deal with shit on a right. constant basis. All right. So I try to avoid it as much as I can, but I do participate. So recently, we finally getting her to, to try to not shit in the diaper. Right. So she had her first opportunity to shit in the, in the plastic toilet. How old is she? She's Nine? She's two. She's two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have some big problems. Yeah. Oh, I, actually, that was me. All right. Um. <laughs> I got some good adult poop <laughs> stories too. I got a good one. Um, and uh, uh, so, so she finally poops in the potty. Yeah, it's a huge human like you know achievement. You know, right. what I'm saying? it's a benchmark. So all of a sudden we're laughing and, and cheering her on and, and, and being appreciative. Before we even know it, my fucking chihuahua jumps out of left field, swoops in and eats the fucking shit, oh. and it tracks it across the whole apartment. <laughs> she was eating it like a fucking like it was just like crack. You never see you never wow. see a fever like this. Come Save you a lot of dog. money on diapers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was this fever that came over her. It was Wait, well, hold on a second. What is the logic for dogs to eat shit? I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Are they Germans? What? what, uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They, they love cash. I was in, when I lived in Echo Park, and, and I lived right in the smack of Echo Park for 10 years, um, um, we had a lot of cats. And right. So I was constantly had to be on cat shit patrol because <laughs> the dogs would just chomp down that shit. Oof. Like I'd, I'd dive their fucking head in the bath. 
Yeah, I had to steal my neighbor's dog. They were torturing the dog. I had to steal his fucking dog from him. No fucking if, if, if you don't mind going back, I, I'm, I'm very curious about your dad. What, what, what was he like? Fantastic And I'm sorry for your loss. I, I no. really didn't know. Fantastic guy. He, he was uh, uh, from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. My middle name is Weston, Weston, Connecticut. My grandfather was an accomplished illustrator out of New York, Connecticut, and had uh, one of the first art firms in Manhattan. So they say, yeah. And he apparently gave Andy Warhol one of his first jobs as an il- as an illustrator, as well as painted uh, Grace Kelly and Marilyn Monroe. Holy fuck! As nudes, yeah. Well, there's, there's as nudes, yeah. Straight wow. up, pin up girls before that. Wait, what was your grandfather's name? Uh, Euclid Shook. And Everyone, Google it. Yeah, it's there's one or two things left out there. Yeah, there's like there's one or two auction records. So he was. Do very you remember him? Uh, a little bit. Sweet man. My grandma drank herself to death, so I didn't know her. I didn't get to know. So her. he drew pictures of uh, Grace Kelly. Yeah, painted live, painted them. Yeah. He did. He did the, the covers for magazines. It was like the Mad Men era. And Marilyn Monroe. What's another one? Uh, Grace Kelly, Marilyn Monroe, and uh, so my uncle says um, gave Andy Warhol one of his first jobs out of college. So she, he painted those two women. Yes. Did you used to smell your grandfather's fingers? <laughs> no, that was before. All my, right. Well before my time. Um, so there's a history I have with the East Coast. Yes. My, my father's buried there in Weston. Um, um, he's buried there. So I have a very strong connection to the East Coast. And, and obviously that the creative art, artistic stuff is in your, yeah. uh, grand, uh, your father's side. It's blood. Yeah, it's yeah, blood. Yeah. And my, my, uh, my mom's side, he had, uh, you know, he worked on a farm in Costa Mesa, tomato farm. And my mom grew up on a fucking tomato farm. Right. And uh, he carved Indians. He loved, what? He loved carving Indians out of wood. Beautiful oh, Indians. Sorry. Like <laughs> sorry. 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 I thought you meant like he loved to take the pieces of the head from an actual Native American. Like, whoa. Yeah, no, no. So he did these beautiful sculptures. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's, it's really ingrained. It's really important. You know, it's everything. It's everything to me. Um, but there's a, you know, there's always a deeper story that evolves. And that was I got infected. <laughs> my brain got infected yeah. early. And you know what? I use it to my advantage. You know what? It gave me an alternative perspective on things because everyone else was fucking blind and punched the fuck out. And I got to see that. And it was really cool to look at everyone else and stand in the middle of the fucking matrix Mm -hmm. and know that they're all fucked. And I knew it. And I said, you know what? I don't give a fuck because you know why? I'm going to go hang off a freeway bridge tonight. Yeah. And 100,000 people are going to see me tomorrow. I don't give a shit. I'm going to go paint this piece and it's going to be fucking sick and it's going to burn. And that's all I cared about. And you know what? It took me some crazy fucking places. Saber, let me ask you. Let's say this guy that, uh, let's be frank here, he murdered your father. Yeah. Let's say this guy survived. Yeah. What would you, I, I, because that's what a, uh, I guess, I guess I've, I've been faced in my life with potential decisions of that nature. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we can't project because right. it didn't happen. So it's like, because his family suffering as well. Yeah. I say, well, you know what? It just was meant to be. And there's a sick part. There's a, a, a kind of a selfish point of view that I have, which, which right. just kind of uh, makes things a little difficult. Is the last thing I wanted to see was my father <coughs> suffer, having for a sure. health condition, and be in some fucked up situation with no health care, working for Lowe's right. in the middle of nowhere, and have to suffer in some fucking hospital and, and die a long death as well. So I was thinking, well, that's, ine- was that's he? inevitable. He was in his mid, late, mid-60s, 65. Fuck, and young. so, yeah, but it, that was inevitable as well. Yeah. Because we're all going to fucking die. And I knew I couldn't take care of him. So at the end of the day, there was a, there was a positive side to this, and that was mm. he didn't suffer, and he got to go quick. 
And mm. so that was because um, I've seen, you know, I watched my wife's mom die for a long time of cancer. I lived in the house. We helped out. We watched her yeah. die. And that was brutal, bro. What, brutal. what kind of cancer was it? Cervical cancer that spread to the spine and everything. Mm. And, and I saw it. I watched it. <clears throat> and uh, we were there the night she died. And you see, you see the life. You see the life's energy in the human being. You see where that is and where, where it's connected to everything. And yeah. that's, that's religion to me. That's what's important. Um, you know, you see that once the light's out, they're gone. That's it. You're gone. You know? And, and that's okay because the energy gets transferred somehow. And I think it's way too fucking big for us to put a box around it. Call it fucking some stupid name. I, I really appreciate... <laughs> Your attitude about death, because that's the one weird thing about, you know, I grew up in Japan, but um, Americans have... No, no. So afraid of it. Yeah. So They're in denial about it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, you leave the, your the entire life. Is, Obviously, yeah. we're all afraid of it, but yeah. denial because even when you passed away, they have to put makeup on their face and yeah. like, um, it, it's, 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 not, it's not even for the, the dead person. It's to provide comfort for the rest of the, yeah. uh, everyone else. But um, it's terrible. I, I find it. I find it sadistic, and, and uh, you know, it's an industry. I really don't like it. It's an industry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Capitalism is very efficient on uh, capitalizing on every inch <coughs> of our lives, including our death. So it costs a lot of fucking money to raise. You know, I've been to a lot of funerals. Been to a lot, yeah. of, a lot of car, hood car wash. Fucking <laughs> here, I am a kid from the suburbs, and I'm doing fucking gangster car washes for boys to fucking get funeral cash. <laughs> I, I remember as a kid. <laughs> I remember my mom was really upset because I guess one of those goofy Asian rules that when you one of your grandparents passed away, the wife have have the honor to clean that dead person's body, right? Oh my God. And I remember um, I was laughing at my mom. <laughs> I was laughing at her because she had to clean my grandfather and he smelled like shit, <laughs> right? Like, I know I shouldn't be laughing at it, but like, uh, I was just like mocking her, like, oh, you got to clean her, his shit. And like, you know, <laughs> haha. I, I don't know, because <laughs> I didn't particularly like my grandfather he, because he was a bit of a motherfucker. And um, well, there you go. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of glad he died because it was a he was a prick. You know, he yeah. was I mean, he had a really tough life. You know, he was he lived in Japan, ethnically Korean. And I think either he volunteered to come to Japan or he was forced to. I have no idea because. They won't tell me the truth, and because I have a big mouth and a, you know, a makeover, um, when I found out my grandmother could read, they were hiding that shit from me because I, I would make fun of it. Not in a vicious way, but, you know, she was born like 1907 back then. It was common, like, even men didn't know how to read. So, like, why hide it? Like, it's not, it's not a shame thing, you know? But my grandfather. But you would make her feel shame for it. No, 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 no. I, I, I will make fun of her not when she's around <laughs> make the rest of the family uncomfortable you know but um you know you I'll are get son of a bitch I'll, I'll get a piece of paper like hey can you do this to like to my grandma like she can't write and read and write but anyway um so my my grandfather he smelled but my, my mom have to do it but um yeah it was a little goofy i yeah. watched i watched her do it and i wasn't supposed to but um yeah she didn't she hated it and um it's life. Fuck it. We gotta do some. Yeah, you shit. shit. And and going it's back to stinkiness, um, man. Life is all full of stinkiness. You know, that's it. And we we want to have this sanitized it's, way, and we all want to be. Uh, how many times uh, been covered in vomit? A lot. Yeah, I I, I, I wake <laughs> up in the morning times. I was covering vomit, <laughs> not necessarily mine, but um, 
<laughs> shit and piss, whatever. Um, I've, I've done plenty of that. I got a good brutal story. It's uh, recent, what I've just been through. I, I want to hear it. Well, I just had a severe sinus sinusitis that blew out, mm. and, and I had polyps that infected my entire skull over the course of five years. Yeah. And I don't have health insurance. Right. Okay. So I had to have this condition get worse and worse and worse. And eventually the, the, the pops got so big inside my skull, they start, I could feel them pushing against my eye. What? Yeah, at the pressure. And then I couldn't breathe. And so... Wait, wait. And when you say pollen, like... Polyps. Oh, polyps. Polyps. They look like cyst type things. Yeah. And that's from all the years of abuse and, and broken nose and fucking spray paint and drugs and all this shit. And... Uh, so here I was stuck because now I couldn't get help. And, and yeah. the whole thing got infected. The, the infection spread in my skin, in my nose. My nose looked like fucking gonzo and shit. Oh my God. And I couldn't do anything about it. On top of the epilepsy, on top of the dislocated shoulder, on top of everything fucking else. So I'm like, this is a difficult time. I was so uncomfortable. It was crazy. Yeah. So I finally went to different doctors. No one will help me. Found this woman doctor. She said, okay, we need to help you. This is really severe. So this is going to cost you $25,000. I said, all right, fuck it. So I raised the cash, gave her $25,000 cash and fucking hundreds. And that was it. And, and basically got the procedure. So what they did was they, they, uh, they basically took a, they drilled out my whole fucking skull on the inside. They scraped the whole thing all the way up. There's video wait, wait, wait. of it. So what, what did they do? They cut? What did no, they, they cut? go in through your sinus with this oh. tool. This oh, tool like that. Scrape everything. Yeah, it scrapes and it cuts wow. and sucks. And there's a little camera on the end of it. And they basically take out all the pops and it goes all the way to the top of your skull where there's the thinnest bone in your body. That's where your brain is. Of course, there's polyps there, too. So they ha- that's the most difficult pr- part of the procedure. The reason why my procedure was so difficult was because of the epilepsy. So on a 1 to 10, they said, look, as conditions go, you know, this is a 7, 6, you know, on severity. But because of the epilepsy, this is a 12. So we really got, we really got to take care of this shit. So I have the procedure. They break my nose. My buddy broke my fucking nose or, uh, about four years back, five years back. So my nose, they broke my nose into it. They got a fucking nose job. They yeah. cleaned it up a little bit. I was like, whatever, cool. I got a nose job. So I wake up, dude, and my fucking head is just wrecked. I have stuffing that's stuffed all the way inside my yeah. skull. My whole head is just numb and fucking fat. So I got go to I gotta go to the aftercare facility, okay? So I'm at the aftercare facility because of the seizures and the epilepsy. I got to stay at least yeah. three, four days to heal. And it's all plastic surgery people. So it's actually cheaper to go there than to stay at the hospital. So I go and, and uh, you know, I'm having a terrible time because I'm, I'm, you bleed from the back of your mouth. It yeah. goes down your throat. And so I was, you know, for three, four days you're bleeding and your stomach gets sour. So I'm sitting there bleeding and throwing up curdled blood yeah. for three days. At the same time, the more I threw up, it was like a tomato. It squished my face and blood was coming that way because I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to move my face. They were like, do not move your fucking face. You know? right. So you had to vomit without moving your face. So only one of the nurses was brave enough to come in because all the other nurses were like, fuck it, I'm not going in there, dude. You're on your own. So it's beautiful face, gorgeous woman. Oh, she was so, so amazing, so calm. So, so she helped me through this. I had a piece of skin that was stuck in the sinus lodge that was choking me. So I had to, like, I was really gagging. I'm like, fuck, this is serious. My mom was with me. So I had to, like, hack up this chunk of whatever the fuck it was. And, and as more I'm doing it, the more I'm throwing up blood, the yeah. more I'm bleeding out of my face. So it was this perpetual, like, blood session. And so I'm covered in chunky fucking vomit. I'm bleeding out of my face. I finally get this chunk of skin up, hock it up. My mom is looking at me. She puts her hand on me, and she goes, Ryan, I'm not feeling well. You know what? I'm going to go lie down now. So she goes, she's like, I'm out. I'm sorry. So she goes to the bed that they provided on the side and she pulled her head over the fucking covers, dude. 
I'm sitting there throwing up and she had her head over the covers. And I was like, that's a good one. But I made her take a photo first. So I have this fantastic photograph right before the whole session of my whole mug. Because, you know, everyone doesn't believe me. Ah, you're always sick. Fuck you. So I'm like, yeah, this is serious. So I got to at least get the good photos. The shit that I was coughing up. Can we put that photo on our website? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I have have these. I don't want that. Oh, it's great. It's a great photo. It's a great photo. I bet. It's probably beautiful. Oh, it's me. I'm wrapped up and shit. I'm all swollen. And uh, so that was, uh, you know, I was out for a little bit. Sells my Instagram for like here, guys. You know, here's what the fuck I'm going to tag the hashtag the good times. You know, like, oh my God. <laughs> how long was your recovery? Uh, I'm still recovering, and I had to move. I got evicted. I had to paint three shows. My nose is still fucking like sore, but I could breathe. Amazing, yeah, you know. So that was that was recent, and then from there I had to go to Norway, and I fucking was. What, what, when was this? This was last three months, four months, and then I got evicted because my landlord went nuts on me, and uh, so Were I had you to in move. Oslo? No, I went to Stravanger. Beautiful place. Is it north? People. Is it north of Oslo? Yeah, I think uh-huh. so. Yeah, fucking beautiful. And Love fucking Norway's fucking expensive. Unbelievable. It was the most. Con- it was the most expensive city in the world. They said. Yes, I believe eighty dollar cheeseburger. There was a pile of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and the best cheeseburger I had was at a little festival for four dollars from a Mexican from West Hollywood. Straight up. <laughs> Thanks, Ernie. Stravenger, um, all the way in Norway. He was like, I don't know how the fuck I'm in Norway, but here I am serving burgers. I think Dave's Best been there burger. too, right? I did an artwork. Yeah, same place. Yeah, yeah. Same place, yeah. Yeah, that was good. I had to choke some fucking kid out. <laughs> God, some of the things kids say. Um, but yeah, so I physically kind of been through it. You know, my shoulder's been dislocated for many years. It's like a springboard. You can. I got in a fight when I was a kid in, uh, in Highland Park. I ripped it out. Whooped the fucking shit out of this kid. Whooped his ass. He was older than me. He asked for it. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. Did you ever have any issues with substances? Like All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about that? Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's something. I, 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 I'm always in a lot of pain physically. Cause yeah. Of it. Sounds yeah. like, I mean. Yeah. My shoulder's trash. My AC is totally separated. My. I had two bank car surgeries that failed. They got hooks that are loose that they put in on my right shoulder. I've been dealing with that for 17 years. That's why I impaled myself. I fucking hopped the fence. My shoulder dislocated. I've dislocated my shoulder a thousand times. It's, it's, uh, luckily, it goes out the side, not like some lethal weapon shit. But then my knees started popping out. They removed my meniscus. Looked like a che- piece of chewed up gum. I got great fucking, uh, uh, a lot of brain scans that look fucking fantastic. A lot of scans. I don't go in the airport. I say, you can go ahead and rub my balls. I'm not going in that fucking machine. You guys. I'm not going in that microwave at TSA. Yeah. Like, fuck you with your microwave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good like, for you. All that radiation yeah. and shit. Yeah, I'm like, I have so much radiation. I'm cool. I actually got my hair analysis done. And uh, what was very interesting was uh, um, there was so much heavy metals in my body that they had to create an extra blank page just for the, the chart on the aluminum. The aluminum went off the page and halfway into the other page. Whoa. On the aluminum. Wow. Yeah. So how did you get a lot of aluminum in you? I think sh- aluminum spray paint and mm-hmm. uh, this oil-based spray paint we use. And then I'm also thinking all the fucking soda cans we've been drinking our whole lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All mm-hmm. that shit is adding more and more of this, this substance in inside hey, of us. Hey, um, you know, I get anyone who listened to the shit that I do at this podcast and Dave. Dave used to tell me he has a bad memory because spray cans. Is that true? Do yeah. You, there's a connection to that? Well, on the, bo- on the, on the thing, it's the first thing it affects is your neuro- neurological system, nervous system. Uh, a lot of guys have bladder problems. Bladder gets hit, yeah, for some reason. 
Um, I, a lot of people I know have, have lost a lot of brain cells to spray yeah. paint. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I wish the general public realized how much sacrifice you're making, you know? Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's trendy, so they yeah. want to hear the trendy story. You know, they don't realize all the shit that's buried underneath these beige walls. They don't know the yeah. histories when they drive around and they see, like, the, the, the walls and the poles and the fucking spots and, 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 the, and the names and the people who are gone that I can see buried underneath all the beige fucking walls that they want to imprison us with yeah. mentally, physically. They want to decapitate creativity. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a paid system. They make $30 million a year on graffiti removal. Okay, graffiti removal is now a $20 billion a year industry. Okay? I saw a tweet from Venice 311 that said, the LAPD is now offering $1,000 to each person that will inform us who of graffiti art or yeah. people who are... Now, so people in the public are getting compensated for yes. tattletailing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And you know what? I absolutely agree that graffiti should be illegal. You know, and the problem is, is that we, we mix the two where there's a mural, there's a beautiful piece of work, there's a piece of color. That's always been somebody uh, having an interaction with the public somehow to get that because it takes time. Yeah. Or it's been on the freeway or somewhere. If it's really elaborate, you know, there, there's a more I- engaging process. Um, the mm-hmm. tagging is something that's never going to stop. That's part of humanity. The problem is, is when you put a fucking kid yeah. in prison for five years, yeah. maximum security prison because he fucking tagged on a pole, they raided his house with the resources of SWAT, they used a police helicopter, the gas, they used the fucking media to, to smash this yeah. fucking kid. You know what I'm saying? It is a complete corrupt, disgusting system. And it's, it's all used with federal money that nobody seems to give a fuck because just like the war on drugs, just like the prison system, just like the war on terror, just like everything else, it's just another thing to combat, to throw fucking money at, that these and assholes are making people. money. Everyone's making fucking money. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yes, graffiti should be illegal. You get arrested doing graffiti, you should fucking do something. There should be some sort of... Mm. I've done a thousand hours of community service in the fucking hoods. We had yeah. to get police escorts to buff gang graffiti. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I love buffing graffiti. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do is buff graffiti. I fucking love it. I love buffing, uh, washing it out. And, yeah. and it's the process. You, why? Because it's someone else's graffiti? No, that's why? It's, it's part of the, the beauty of it because my work's been washed out mm-hmm. and so it's the recycle. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, like and a rebirth. There's a rebirth to it and so there's there's a, a, a pace and I love fucking buffing graffiti. You know, say... I love writing it. I love scratching it. I yeah. love using tar. I love using fucking any medium possible, but I also love buffing it. <laughs> you know what bugs me? Because now I've been exposed to you guys uh, like graffiti work, but you know what? I don't want... It really bugs me when I see too many billboards. That shit is just annoying to me. Well, here's uh, what's happening. We should talk, bring this up. Uh, we're doing a project with the billboard companies because all these years we've been crushing the billboards and yeah. getting those spaces. And the billboard industry has 4,000 illegal billboards that are up right now. The illegal structures that have been placed illegally. So there's the LA has been the most strongest combatants against billboards. Yeah. At the same time, they outlawed murals. So murals are illegal in the city of Los Angeles. Paid legal murals are illegal under the guise of it being signage yeah. due to the, the battle with the billboard companies. So over the years, there's been this real contentious relationship with the billboard companies in the city and yeah. also freedom of expression with art. That's why they formed these sheriff's departments that were fucking <laughs> running around, going crazy, harassing all of us for painting legal permission murals. Right. So that's when I skyrided over the city and bitch slapped fucking L.A. and City Hall and, and raised 6,500 signatures so that, through change.org so that they could put that on the desk of City Hall yeah. and say that your fucking laws are stupid. If you're going to allocate millions of dollars to these sheriff's units who are raiding our fucking houses, then we need to fucking change these laws right now. And so I, I was part of being instrumental 
and help changing the laws and working with the city wow. to try to end this. Oh, it passed. It's it's not quite passed. They're 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 you know they're fiddling with everything. I don't give a fuck anymore because I never gave a fuck in the end. Yeah. Because we still painted with or without. Their yeah. Approval. Who gives a fuck? But the fact of the matter is, is I was tired of the sheriff's units that were, were had the go and ability and resources to go after us specifically yeah. including my friend revoke who was arrested for having a spray tip after doing a legal job and his fucking bail was three hundred twenty seven thousand dollars three hundred and twenty thousand dollar bail when fucking richard ramirez was a hundred thousand or some shit so here's my best friend doing time in the fucking city and these guys are promoting it this is a what, main do you, what story. do you think that is why do you think that that uh graffiti artists especially being criminalized that way they're seeing our success now as contraband and or mafia criminal activity because if we've made gains off illegal activity and are now benefiting from it therefore everything we do is considered contraband illegal and therefore promoting more vandalism which is absolutely completely the fucking opposite because when i meet the kids they're looking at a painting that i did on canvas as opposed to something i did illegally and so it's it's the argument that they have is so stupid but all they need to do is work with this new industry that's yeah. very very prevalent. This twenty billion yard industry. They get the funds. They work with their buddies. We can make a we, we can make a private graffiti removal company tomorrow and cash in on the stimulus funds. You know, I'm I'm about to do that too. You know, are they still them. handing those out the stimulus funds? Yeah, for for the graffiti removal. Yeah. You know, uh, there's there's funds there waiting for people to make small businesses. Wow. So it's booming. You know, what I'm saying. So so at the end of the day, you know, it's a giant scam, and they don't want to have art in the streets. Because then that shows that we have more power, that the, that the public has, has mm. deemed us more important than their particular industries. I know? wish they would realize, like, some, you know, p- people are busy. They don't have time to go to a museum. And you guys are doing public service by exposing people to art. Absolutely. We've done I a really lot. I really believe that, you know. We've done a lot. We've dedicated a lot of time and energy to painting walls, maintaining yeah. the walls. I get. I go. We have to go through the gang sometimes in yeah. particular neighborhoods. We have to work with the locals. Yeah. We maintain them. You know, yeah. it's a it's it's a huge headache, and it's something that, that at the end of the day, um, is a massive responsibility. And and I've taken a step back from it at this point because I, I can't involve myself anymore with the city of Los Angeles because of these particular issues. And um, you have a child. I have a child, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I'm working more specifically on the fine art. Um, yeah. My goal now is to really develop this particular language of abstraction that I've discovered and really translate that yeah. into something deeper, um, which is on the canvas, which is something that uses multimedia. And so um, just had a show in New York uh, at Opera Gallery last week, which nice. was a very successful show, very excited. Um, might be headed that way. Um, there's a lot. Is, of is it still there? The show is still up. Uh, how, long, how long is it going to be in New York? Uh, maybe two more weeks it'll be up, maybe. I'm going to be there. Yeah, it's on uh, uh, Spring Street in Mercer, Spring and Mercer. Spring, <laughs> is that where all the art galleries are? Yeah. yeah. Little fancy joint. Nice. It's nearby Chinatown then. I don't know. I'm lost in that fucking place. <laughs> place is amazed to me. I'm still thinking. Yeah. I love that city. Fantastic place. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just there with my buddy Scam Dust. Uh, if anybody know, needs to know what that is, Google Scam Dust. And you will see the most insane human being on the planet doing the most insane underground music yeah. you'll ever fucking see. It's like some straight gorilla death zombie madness. Amazing. Guys are fucking really awesome dudes. But is, it, is, is there certain cities that you've been, it's more uh, graffiti friendly? Is there such a city? Yeah, absolutely. Stravenger. I mean, really, it's about the system itself and how yeah. it reacts. You know, at the end of the day, there's this nuisance of vandalism, which, which affects small businesses and people and that's uh, there's yeah. a mechanism that needs to be in place each city has its own mechanism when you when you just dis- when you look at that particular me- mechanism and det- and 
dissegment it, yeah. examine it, and and look at the function, you see how up to date, futuristic, quote unquote, Western that particular city is. Okay, um, the cities that are most interesting are the ones that don't have a full system in place. So there's this full chaos that's still unfolding on the streets. Yeah. And some of those cities don't give a fuck. They're happy to see some of it. Some of it, it's, it's, it's just part of culture. It's part of life. So you see it from different point of views. L.A. is a very strict place. And London, very well, strict. Why, why is that? I mean, Because this is an authoritative detention city. There's a lot of different people here, you know, too. But, big but, money, there's big money, and they got, they got this big system that needs to grind people. It, it's very strange to me because um, anyone who works in the entertainment business, L.A. is a uh, very important. Yeah. It's full of creative times, incredibly yeah. creative times. And you would think creative but times But it's a con- art. controlled creativity. It's a yeah. very controlled. We have, we have uh, mm-hmm. interactions with the, that industry as well because they use the backdrops, so we have all constant yeah. interactions with them. Do they compensate? Yeah, well, they're legally they're supposed to, and so we go after that occasionally. Yeah. Um, but right now... Even I'm, if it's a legal art, they're legally... Um, no, there's a gray area depending yeah. on the iconography. There's a gray area. Okay. Um, but... Um, so there's, and I participate in that industry quite a bit. I've yeah. done a lot of shit for them. Um, but, uh, you know, I actually almost had a television show. I was negotiating for a year and a half. Like a reality show? A real show. I was signed to, to Mark Burnett, and I had uh, What the fuck happened? I had a production company that was yeah. signed to. I had an agent. I had a lawyer, and we were trying to hash out this amazing idea to travel the world and look at some of the dopest art there is on the street. And I went through every network. I went to all the heads of all the networks, and I learned. Dude, you you just need to go with Vice now. Well, Vice, uh, uh, I'm not. In, this isn't a passion for me. Mm-hmm. It was something that that landed on my lap, right? And we tried to develop. And uh, I went to all the fucking networks, and they all understood the power that myself yeah. and the culture bring to the table. But they decided that the American culture is uninterested in art. Done. Isn't graffiti a big part of hip hop? Well, they it? said they said graffiti will never be on air. They what? said they said they said the tone of what I this disagree. is. They hate it. They, but, they the whole thing is repackaging it. So the whole thing was how do you can get drama? How can you guys fight? How can you guys do burnouts in your trucks and and graffiti and go to wow. and then it turned into uh, uh, go to to the Midwest to some tea partiers house and do their do their interior in their yeah. house. You know, I'm like fuck you, oh, dude. No. I was like, we have a fucking vision. Let's stick with it. Yeah. We'll rock this shit. And uh, at the end of the day, they were really afraid. I went to the wash. I went to fucking real screen and did the whole pitches with fucking ten thousand idiots all at once. And like, I'm I'm great elevator pitcher now, dude. I'm like the fucking champ. Yeah. But you know, it was an experiment, and I was willing to to. I told them right off the bat, I'm unwilling to compromise on these particular issues. If you want to fuck with me, I won't do it. Yeah. So I could have done a show right now with National Geographic, with um, you know, we were talking to everybody. And, yeah. And if I was willing to follow their format. I could have done oh, it. No. And I said, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. So other shows are in development with other people that I know about. And, and we'll see if that ever happens. But at the end of the day, it's not my passion. I just wanted to get good ideas out there. Yeah. And make some things happen. And uh, uh, they were completely uninterested. You know? So I said, great. Then it wasn't meant to be. And I'm very happy about that. So, you know, I, I learned a lot about the industry business firsthand just on negotiating alone. It's fucking insane. 
you know, it came down to after this reality television shows, once these guys started cashing in before they understood the contracts, the, the, uh, um, did you have a deal actually? Fuck yeah. I mean, this was big. So you got paid at least. Well, no, no, no. It was, we were working on uh-uh. the, everything, you know, it was like right there. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, at the end of the day, it was, it was not, not for me. I say, you know, if you're not going to let me do what I need to do, then right. I'm not going to participate. And, uh, but this was real. I learned how to negotiate really hard. And this was after, you know, the, the original reality shows, these guys cashed the fuck in on their ancillaries. Yeah. Their merchandise, insane. And so basically the, the reality television show, the production company l- learned that they got to lock in these reality stars before they understand what they're in for. And basically the contracts they were preventing, uh, presenting to me was we own you and your art in perpetuity forever. And I'm like, motherfucker, I've already developed a fucking entire world. I don't need you. You know, I'm fucking skywriting over the city. You know what I'm saying? I'm traveling, doing whatever the fuck I need to do. I'm like, I don't need you. You know what I'm saying? I can generate more PR than your your people can. So fuck you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You want to play ball, let's do this together as a unit. And they wanted to, but the, the networks were just unwilling. Um, and uh, it was a good learning lesson because now I know how to fucking negotiate really well now. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, so I learned, I learned how to get into it. Um, and I, I, what I learned is in this business as an artist, it's not about graffiti. It's not about street art. It's not about being an artist per se. It's about the life as an artist and that's what i call planting seeds of potential yeah and so what you do is you you swim through life you meet certain people and certain ideas evolve and blossom and so you what you do is you meet enough people mm-hmm. plant enough seeds eventually one of them pan out and if you and my goal was to weather all these fucking hard knocks and get to the point where one of these things pan out properly and, and the fine art was always my my goal you know, I've I've done all sorts of development for shit. I love doing I love doing uh, strategy for uh, social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done I've had some discussions with companies on how to do social media strategy. I really love strategy of social media. I'm fucking obsessed with it. Um, I'm kind of a caveman with it all, yeah. but I, I've learned how to do some some pretty spectacular things all on my own, which were pretty fun uh, social media wise. Just smashing these fuckers. I love it. I love the fact that you can get at anybody if you want. You know. Um, you know what's funny? The, the, my at Saber. Okay. Um, fuck, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. God damn it. Okay. I, I'll avoid one part. <laughs> um, one part of it is I got at, I was at Saber AWR, and then I was presented to get at Saber. And so I said, thank you. So I did it. I can't talk anymore about it. So, But the funny thing was at Saber was an Iranian, anti-American, religious extremist government cleric one of the most famous dudes in Iran. So, so I was, after I got at Saber, I was getting... What does it mean? Do you uh, know? Saber Revolution. Something like that. And then yeah. Saber in Spanish is Saber. So I have a connection with, with, with you know, that. And, and so, which is to know, to understand. Right. So there's a... The different languages present. Yeah, it's a very powerful word. So, um, so I started getting top tweets in Iran. Number, you are number one hundredth account in top tweet Friday in Iran. I'm like, holy shit! Oh, that's hilarious. I'm like, Homeland is all on top of my ass on this one. So I had to tweet. (laughs) I had to tweet it. You know, I had to tweet out. You're on the the no fly list. I'm like, hey, I'm not. I don't know any Farsi guys. I'm cool. You know, like. Well, I grew up in Glendale. (laughs) I grew up in Glendale. Yeah. (laughs) So you know. Anyway, so that was funny. So I was getting. I get a lot. Of uh, uh, Iranian tweets aimed at me, saying still? still all the time, you know, death to the infantile, whatever the fuck they say. I have no clue what it says. I also get uh, some people who are who are street art people who are developing, which is interesting. But for the most part, I don't know what the fuck it is. It's scary. Some of them are scary. I'm scared of them. I block and I'm done just to prove that I'm not. You know. Have you been to um, <laughs> Have you been to Japan and do artwork there? I love Japan. When we go, the crime rate. 
of Japan, which was a 0.3 or 3% at the time, goes up at least three points when we go there. <laughs> but, but, but were the young people were you ever in jail like David Cho? Yeah. No, but we would, we would basically punk the cops out of saying, no, you're not. We would be like the, the Jedi mind trick. We are not going to jail tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and they would say, okay, well, you must be important enough to be have balls enough to say that. And we would go, we are not going to jail tonight. And they would say, okay. <laughs> I got karate chopped at Tokyo Hans. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they must paint. be pretty receptive to your work, right? Uh, yeah, they love it. But the the Jap- Japanese is so brand geared, so just brand, brand, brands um, that we always operated through the brands that we create. Seventh Letter, um, basically, is my buddy's whole shit. So it's right. like we operated under that guy's. Um, but I've been there on these brand tours, which I always thought was really strange. And everything was always brand. Everything's so brand obsessive, you know. And when uh, you say brand, like specific artists doing certain, no, no, no clothing brands with oh, art, oh, you yeah. know, streetwear, money, money, money. It's just yeah, and it's just I always I got exhausted with not my friends and but just that whole thing because they don't, no one buys art. Yeah, There's no art buying. It's a uh, brand development of some sort i don't know it's network i don't know but Do you have your own brand that you or clothing line no i i've i've worked with friends who have probably seventh letter but um you know i'm the fine art is the biggest mission because at the end of the day it's the hardest mission yeah and it's the one where i want you know these paintings to me are very valuable and in the sense of my personal gain my personal point of view about historical context of this art form and the development of it, and I'm very obsessed about it, and, and I'm willing to fight tooth and nail over this issue. And so I want these paintings in environment control vaults next to Picasso's. And there are some. So it's uh, we've gotten there. We, 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 Where? <clears throat> different collectors, different museums, ah, cool. different people. So it's about being very strategic and getting, you know, working yeah. with people and getting these fucking beautiful pieces of work that are priceless. How would you to, describe your fine art? Um, very aggressive. If ethereal, I don't know if that's the right word. I, I um, like that word. Um, um, but it has to have meaning. It has to have feeling. It has to have something that makes sense um, with with whatever it is, the image. Mm-hmm. And and um, I do a lot of texture, graffiti, abstraction-based mm-hmm. work that would be like as if you saw a beautiful wild-style piece that had been worn down, beat up, yeah, and then it got cracked through from the previous layers underneath, buffed out by the city, and then the layers are are exploding out so it's this new thing that i've developed and, and wow you know, that sounds fantastic you know very um, layered. was it two years ago mocha had uh yeah art. Street, street. Art. yeah i went yeah. to that yeah i was in it i was in me and my buddies were in it i i i really wanted, i love that, that i really awesome. wanted to go see it but uh i was really angry that they didn't put dave's work in there and, and yeah and um why didn't they I don't know politics. politics I mean, quite, yeah. quite there's, frankly, we probably would have not been let in. <laughs> there's politics, and uh, ironically, they got angry when people outside the Mocha building they're putting uh, graffiti. Yeah, for Dave Joe. No, no, they were putting graffiti. Oh, they're graffiti outside. Outside, of it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they made them clean it up. Like, but yeah. doesn't the whole? Why is it? it the whole point was yeah. to celebrate yeah. graffiti art. <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought it was interesting because I'm sure when you started when you were a young kid doing graffiti work. 
there's a lot of negativity and 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 and, and well, I used to sh- I, yeah, I used to sh- but th- this art show kind of legitimized. Well, it's a museum show. It yeah. completely legitimizes you. But we had to fight for that space. And even when Revoke was his house was getting raided and he was in prison during that time because the cops used that show as a platform to fucking go after us. Mm. Are you and, kidding me? Yeah, that was a full campaign. It was a full blown campaign to go after the local guys, LA guys. So yeah. we had to deal with the shit, the brunt. Of us being targeted, Betraying followed to the system. Like, yeah. how could they? I mean, it's it's just part of the deal. These guys hate us that much. It's the city attorney who's really upset about it. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Yeah, so so I, their I, target I, was revoked because yeah. so he he had to go to fucking jail over this uh, minute um, um, probation violations. And so what they do is they use probation violations as a way to just keep crushing you. And uh, you know, so while Jason, or you know, his name's fuck, he's out. <laughs> while my buddy Revoke is, is his name's out there, um, um, was in jail. Um, you know, we had to stand at Mocha and, and brush arms with the elite. Yeah, know? and so it was a difficult point of view because the cops were even there wow. hunting us. You know, asking questions about us, being intimidating to the people that work there. And so that's when I said, fuck it. We need to skyride over the city. So I hired the skyriders and I took out the fucking city. I said, if we're criminals, then why the fuck am I skyriding my crew over the city? If I'm a gang, then why am I skyriding over the city? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's very strange. That's a very amazing thing you did. It's very strange. We have a museum where they're uh, praising you guys. The street art. Right. That's what it sounds like. It's just like they. It was like a setup almost. No, not by not by the museum. Not by Mocha, it's but a culture I, clash. Just, yeah, but but yeah, culturally, it's, it's a culture just, clash. That's, that's really sad. I mean, yeah. we just had a girl here yesterday who was talking about how the police didn't uh, fi- uh, criminalize the guy who raped her. Yeah, that's there's terrible. stuff like that that's not being done by the police, and then mm-hmm. they're going after artists. Yeah. So it's like the priorities of like criminalizing people who aren't criminals. It's a system of lo- making examples. Exactly. It's Just like that 26-year-old internet um, activist who killed himself yeah. because it's the terrible. FBI and the government were going to set an example out of him and they told him that. I wish and they, he fought. He killed him. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? If he fought, I think he would have won he, and he would have came out on the other they side. Were, they were going to drop the charges yeah. and then it was too late. He just killed himself like a day after. That was sad. It was so sad. Was uh, Swartz. Sad. What was his yeah. last name? was Swartz. I yeah. his first name. Can I pl- play uh, Devil's Advocate? Yeah, Abic- please. Here? Yeah. So um, I, I think that the, 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 you know they, there's thing called broken... Uh, window window theory. theory. Yes. So I, I think they're, where they're coming from is, uh, for those of you who don't know the theory, it's basically if you have a neighborhood, somebody shows and break the window, and if you don't repair it right away, it sends a message to the rest of the neighborhood, you could do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yes. The next thing you know, they'll break another window. They will throw trash to the ground. Next, uh, after a while, if it's not checked, people will get it out of control. spills out. Yeah. Um, that's a very fiscal conservative point of view. I I, I understand where where <laughs> and it's a point of view that they try to apply to creativity that doesn't. I don't. That, I think it's like apples and oranges. Well, it works. It works from one person's point of view. Yeah. It does not work from another person's point of view. I I think having graffiti art. But that's a good point you bring up, Yoshi. I I, I don't yes. have a problem with that. I definitely think there's a problem if if the broken window literally yeah. it, it's in a message. So. But they, they, to, they need they need to be more nuanced about that. You well, know? we need to look at it deeper. Mm-hmm. And the deeper is, why is there a broken window? Mm-hmm. And why is it focused in that particular neighborhood? Mm-hmm. And then we look at the structure, the power mm-hmm. structure. And you say, well, there's some, some social, there's economic issues here. Yeah. Okay. That 
leads to a deeper story, which is why is it this way? Yeah. And you go, okay, well, this is a racially segmented city. This is a racially segmented part of town. Right. Um, and then you look at the statistics. You look at the the college graduates. You look at you look at where these statistics happen. Yeah. We are a white country. Yes. And we get very upset when white people don't get their way. And so the broken window theory is is me as a white person looking at a alternative neighborhood saying you need to clean up your shit right when in fact they need a source to be able to not stay in that perpetual right that perpetual situation so the it does work because at the end of the day what's going to happen with broken windows theory is the, the neighborhood gets gentrified yes so the broken window theory says okay now everything's cleaned up but what happened to the people there before? And then that's when the lofts, that's when the, the, the hipsters, that's when the whole thing turns over. And, yeah. and sometimes it's good because you get a different economic rollover. Yeah. But the broken windows theory is a domino effect of something that they want in the future. And that is the, the, the Aryan point of view, the mm. way things should run. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think whenever you have... Us a, fucking white devils. I think whenever there's a law... And Protestant. <laughs> whenever there's a law that doesn't make any sense, I think the first thing you just calm down and just follow the money. Yeah. Because not 100% of the time, but yeah. whenever there's a, some goofy law... You could figure out usually yeah. because there's some money incentive down the road for it. Yeah, it works. The broken window story works in the sense of of cleaning up a particular urban area. Yeah. But what it does is it doesn't it doesn't supplement the the reasons why the place is like that. And yes. also culturally, it, it it's the it's the opposite of supplement. Can I just, can I tell you uh, there's a place where broken window theory works hundred percent? What's that? North Korea. I was <laughs> Fuck. Korea and South Korea I had problems with. I had a problem there, man. They don't have windows anymore. No, it's just it's just the fucking red crosses glowing, bleeding everywhere you fucking look with giant chunks of red meat everywhere. I love I love the meat, mm. but I was so almost like overwhelmed with the fucking red glowing crosses everywhere you look. Yeah. And to me, that shows a sign of weakness because you had a white, you had an Anglo point of view conquer the fucking place and enforce their ideals of their gods mm-hmm. onto upon this ancient culture. And now you drive around. If you smoke fucking weed, you're going to jail. If someone that you know who thinks about smoking weed is going to jail for fucking three years. And if you don't praise Jesus Christ, your, your social structure is completely trash. I can't stand it. And what it does is put so much fear. So me as a white person coming from fucking America, yeah. and I go to Korea and I see these red crosses glowing everywhere, I think to myself, there's one part of me that's conquered this place. You know what I'm saying? And then there's another part of me that's so sick of the whole idea that I'm like, this is disgusting. I can't even have it. Eugene, let me ask you, know? you something. Right? Um, you, 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 you've been to Korea a lot, right? Yeah, I actually lived there I, for I, about I, Are months. you Christian? Are your parents Christian? Uh, parents are just atheists. Mm-hmm. They were Catholic yeah. at one point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, never I mean, they would get like recruited by other <laughs> Korean Catholic people. And yeah. So they would go for like six months and like go like every weekend. But, and, you know, and, anyone who's been following, you know, my podcast and Dave's DVD ASA and KGB before that, I, I, I obviously I have some friction with him <laughs> and uh, it's never going to end. But I, I find it really interesting. Dave's mother's very uh, religious, yeah. very kind person. Yes. And, and I was surprised the last time Dave had a big show, a couple of pre- like a preacher, minister person show up and they were doing prayer in the middle of our art show in Beverly Hills. 
it, it kind of shocked me. But I, I don't like it. I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly hostile to religion. But I think the, for me, the reason why sometimes I'm ethnically Korean, so I feel comfortable yeah. saying this. I think Korean, the reason you have crazy Korean people, um, it's because when you're an Asian person, you're already dealing with shame. You know, there's a hierarchy. You you belong to certain hierarchy, and you have obligation to meet the har- uh, put wherever the position you're in the society. You have obligation, right? But but if you're Asian and Christian. Then you're also dealing with guilt shit. So that's why, <laughs> that's why I think people like Dave are crazy because pick pick one. Yeah. Either pick shame, yeah, yeah, or guilt. Yeah. But fuck, if you have, it's like playing football. You have you're, you're following like NFL football rule and like uh, European soccer football rules. Yeah. Like you come in both of the rules. It's really yeah. confusing. Just pick one, but not both. Yeah. So. I understand if you I haven't been in Korea for a long time, but they're fucking strict and, and authority. It's lot stronger there than Japan. Yeah, you know. I like Japan. I liked how loose it was. I mean, we were yeah. running around. I mean, Japanese are horrible to the rest of the Asian yeah. countries, but yeah, they're yeah. nice to white people. Yeah, yeah. they love us. <laughs> you know, we're, we're good. <laughs> but it, it bothers me, and I have some issues with the particular topic because oh, I, I've gotten good at the fucking Jehovah's. I've done them really well a few times. When, yeah. I, when I was living in Echo Park, it was kind of rough. So they would come up 7 a.m. and I would fucking put up, I'd be in my boxers at 7 a.m. and I'd start screaming, fuck you, I butt fuck Satan, I wash up Satan, I suck Satan's dick, just screaming at the top of my lungs because you can do that there and no one would give a fuck whatever the fuck I did there. So it was great. So uh, basically. Did you, did you have a lot of problems in South Korea? No, uh, no, I can't. I was very cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I rode on some dude that was. We, what's that one alley soul where everyone gets wasted? Is everyone suits like vomiting on themselves? Eugene, we were fucking. We went. We oh, were, like, I know locusts, that street. Bro. It's we called were, Martin Luther King Boulevard. We were, we were brutal. Bro. There was picture this. There was twenty five of us all with spray cans, wasted out of our minds, yeah. walking the streets like locusts, broad fucking open, just yeah. walking to restaurants, spray painting on their walls. Yeah. This dude got, got got kind of tough with us. He had a nice suit on. Yeah. So I fucking spray painted right on his fucking suit. And he was so drunk, he didn't know who did it. So I switched my shirt, and then I followed him and tried to help him find the guy that spray painted on his shirt. <laughs> Some motherfucker. You are a Jedi. <laughs> motherfucker. Oh, it was fun. He was angry his, his fucking face was red dude. <laughs> Same, I, i'm sure you've been in a situation where there's certain fans of yours probably surprised you like you did you didn't expect have you had an experience like whoa i didn't i never thought this person would like my artwork yeah yeah do, do you have a um a lot of old ladies is that right ladies me me and the old ladies just get along great i don't know they love me mm-hmm. you know ladies well, what do you what do you think? They think? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. They like they like the intensity. And when that be funny, you look at look, look at the pictures. Why they like it's it's just Saber throwing the giant cocks. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, you know. I, I would I would have never guessed. I, I would thought. It's oh, what do you mean? What age range do you mean when you say old ladies? Any old ladies? Uh, like. I don't know. 29-year-old lady? I, I mean, know. I wish, but, you know. That's something. <laughs> like retired know. or like 40s, Just 50s? Whatever. 40s on up. That's okay. <laughs> you know, it's it's art. So you meet people in different settings, yeah. Different, yeah. different characters, different tones. With you, my friends, and we're out of control. When I meet old ladies, I'm very nice and sweet. Yeah. And Do they usually know your story? 
I let them know. Do they know? Oh, you let them know. Yeah, yeah. I don't hold any punches. I just say it nicely. I just say it with more. I wonder because if they're mothers and they kind of look at yeah, like an endearing. Right. Yeah, like, oh, it's not, who's like channeled all his energy into yeah. doing something positive, but who has like a really yeah. rough past and I mean, still present, actually. Yeah. But maybe they want to nurture you. Maybe they want to like take I you I would imagine, and, you know. And then uh, you, unless could, they're you can sketch them nude. No. Whoa. <laughs> maybe like your grandfather. Up. <laughs> like your grandfather did. My, my wife will blow my brains out in the middle of the night while I'm sleeping, dude. She'll <laughs> still wouldn't out. kill you. She'll <laughs> not have it. In. What are you going to do, right? But I fuck, I, I'm a pretty mischievous motherfucker. I used to really love girls just like any other human being yeah but i would go to great lengths to to uh attain them that and just self defecate to lower my standards to fucking figure out if even anyone ever mm-hmm. gave a fuck while i was worried stuck in my own headspace not realizing that she probably actually liked me and i was too punched out to notice it and then, so then, you became oversexed as a teenager. Yeah. And you want to fucking jerk off everywhere and fucking do whatever you can and touch anything that'll fucking move. Yeah. You know? And when that doesn't work out, you get more frustrated. So you decide to go steal and hang off freeway bridges on the five freeway. And then so you try to use this that. This is all because of sex, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking frustrating, man. Who broke your heart? Um, I haven't had it. I've had my brain smashed. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'm very intense. So I yeah. caught my ex lady cheating on me. I was I cut my finger in half trying to stab his car like an idiot. And then I cut my finger in half and then um had two shirts on so I can switch the shirts and so I put the other shirt on and I watched her and him rat on me to the police across the street at the bus stop just watching him fucking bleeding. That was kinda that was kinda interesting. Um that was younger. I was very, very yeah. that was young. That was basically What's that was, young, the, like, that was the first piece of like experimental pussy I ever got. So what that does to most guys is it hits you in a way that you don't realize. So the first time you have like this crazy sex encounter yeah. when you're young, yeah. it, it, it's what's called being sprung. You know what I'm saying? There's no, mm. there's no, there's no rationale behind I it. I miss that word. Yeah, I do too. That's you know? a good word. I mean, it's all just fucking, you know, just nonstop, whatever you can do anytime, just fucking wherever, wherever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like just try as much as you can to do anything you can to make something happen. Yeah. It took me a few years to figure it out, though. You know, so I had a tough time in high school. They didn't like me. They're they're fucking nerds, man. I was like, fuck you. I didn't like you anyway. Dorks. By they, you mean like just the where everyone? I lived. You know what I'm saying? Where I lived. Yeah. I was yeah. I was the only kid in Thousand Oaks. I was on probation in Compton. What? Yeah. So I'm like, fuck these nerds. You know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, wait. wait. I would use Thousand Oaks to hide out from the county sheriffs and everyone else so they couldn't cross the county line. I would fucking use that. Wouldn't they ever check your ID and be like, son, maybe we should just take you back up to Thousand Oaks where you belong and get out of these. Wait, wait, hold on. I'm a little confused. No, in Compton, yes, because I was charged with felony conspiracy and felony vandalism. You're always charged with felony conspiracy and felony vandalism when you get caught. Oh, really? Yeah. So they they to enhance the charges. Wait, you went down to Compton to do graffiti work? Is that what? Yeah, I was hanging off the 710. I was. did a bridge off the 710 freeway. Oh, shit. After 9-11, did the, the, the laws affect you in a more yes, stringent way? Absolutely. I would imagine. Because now they're using the Patriot Act to tap everybody's phones. Oh, I was phones. just going to say. Everyone's phones are free game now. Mm-hmm. And, and also, if you've had a felony conspiracy on your... Well, I've never had anything charged. I've never ah. been charged with felony conspiracy. I see. Usually you fight it, they'll drop it because the, usually the courts will recognize that it's a ridiculous charge. But the mm-hmm. charges get enhanced. And so that's when you're dealing with this monster of a system that 
just wants to grind you. Get out of, yeah. You know, they make more money off you as a prisoner than they do in college. So, yeah. So that's the way they do They make like 40,000 an inmate a year or something like that. You know, it's like. Depending on the maximum security levels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have friends who are in mega maximum security. I had a friend that did a year in solitary confinement. You know, (gasps) cost a lot of money. He's a nice guy, you know. All I did was tag on something, but he's. Solitary confinement for a year. I mean, I think Am, that's know, like inter- the worst punishment. Amni, yeah, I think Amni International recognizes that as fucking torture. It we is. do that for up sure. the street. We do that up the street on a daily basis with a million of our own citizens. So it's like nothing to to half these people. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. nothing. And and so they learn to deal. They turn into monsters. They fucking have gang blocks in their face. You you, know? you you've been doing street art for how long? Twenty eighty nine is when I really started like writing on shit. You know, whole different era, whole different LA. Amazing. Has has that society's edits gotten better? Has society gotten better? Like appreciating what you do? Yes, yes, yes. But but the laws and the risk has gotten way higher. I see. So there's there's a bigger payout, and now this street art phenomenon has has blurred the line between graffiti and the truth. Yeah. Which is letters and bombing and and tribe mentality and there, there's a you know the street art thing is kind of a loose european point yeah. of view about doing things and there's a lot of great stuff that goes within it but they're not the part of the power structure that graffiti is and you know i would call myself not a street artist but a graffiti writer mm-hmm. but at the moment i can't hold that badge strong because i'm not doing it although I'll, you know when i was in paris i'll write on fucking everything or you know wherever i am i try to have fun you know but um, is there a major difference between doing graffiti work in paris and i mean france and, and here it's the yeah. same thing yeah, I mean, it's all, it's just, it's just graffiti. You just, just different cities have different reactions mm-hmm. and different environments. You know, um, that's just, that's just an example. We were actually there to paint underground in a secret catacomb that was from a hundred years ago that they didn't finish that my buddies found that they talked to some people that allowed them to do it. So we got to paint underground with Futura, um, um, a whole list of fantastic characters from all over the world yeah. and, it, and then we filmed it and it was it was a fucking gas chamber it was insane and you go three levels down and then it was sealed and my buddy's the only one who has the key and it's fucking sealed forever as a time capsule so we were underground three stories in Paris alright and I didn't even know where it was I yeah. wasn't allowed to be disclosed where the location was and so here we are in the catacombs fucking crazy like subway shit the subway's roaring behind us yeah. and we're in this like secret room and uh, they put on a lock, and that's it. It's sealed forever, and it's our little time capsule that's sitting there. That's actually called the Underbelly Project. So you can even Google it, Underbelly Project um, Paris. And that, uh, uh, you know, there's a mo- there's little videos and stories and art cool. shows and shit. Um, so that's really, really interesting. So that's something that some other people are doing. There's a lot going on. I mean, dudes are doing yeah. laser fucking sculpture takeover fucking bagarks to... Vinyl toy, fucking superhero, fucking race car driver shit. I mean, it's endless. Clothing brands to fucking metal sculptures. I mean, it's the endless, you know, really it's endless, this medium, you know. And it's all under the guise of the philosophy of graffiti industry art. So me, I'm a person who holds a torch and carries it on philosophically and and tries to emerge what I learned. Painting in this intense environment, making informing me as a better artist. Because, you know, for me now, it's like, okay, we're going to go to bat. We have this battle mentality. I feel very confident that if I had to go up against any artist in the world painting on a wall, I know that I could hold my own anywhere, anywhere throughout time. And I'll fucking fight for that space. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, luckily for me, I've done a few things that have added that benchmark, but it's not enough yet. Artistically, it has to be proven, not just within the context of the culture. 
you know, I've done a lot within the culture. Now we need to prove a bigger picture within the context yeah. of art. For me, it's abstraction. So we say, we are a new form of abstraction. We are a new form of, of abstract expressionism of some sort. It's also called calligraphy, <coughs> mm -hmm. future, futurism. There's a bunch of names for it that everyone's trying to find out, wild style. And it's based on this, this, this architecture of letters and this cluster that leads you to this train of thought and path. And so when you try to put a box on the whole movement, it's hard to fit every, every one of these little paths into it. Some people fucking are weird graffiti yogis that travel the world and live off nothing and just write yeah. and have this strange philosophy about life and other people are fucking building buildings, you know? So it's, uh, you know, other people are homeless fucking gang members. Can, can I um, ask you, maybe uh, it's really not you in your interest to explain this, but the politics, the art galleries, because I, I know you're fucking talented and so is David Cho. Yeah. There must have been times you, you're probably saying to yourself like, how that motherfucker get an art show and th that stuff is shit. Well, it has it, the art business has nothing to do with the quality of the work. Yes, eighty percent of the time, it's about um, it's about money. It's yeah. about money. It's about banking. Uh, the art industry is banking. It's a new. It's a it's a uh, alternative form of banking. And it's always has been. And so somebody had to legitimize your work, right? Because if yes. you're someone has no experience with art. Somebody have to convince them like this so-called expert say Savers Arc is must buy. David Cho is a must that buy. Happens Shepard Ferry must buy. Well, that has to happen within an auction record. Okay, and, every, and the auction records and the auctions are a whole other ballgame, mm -hmm. which is a whole other conspiracy theory to get into, which I also have to be very, very delicate with so I don't fuck my own life. Yeah. But that's the game I got to play now. And it's, you have to lower your head and your tail and you have to accommodate certain people. You know what I'm saying? If this dude is worth billions of dollars and he's willing to fly you across the world and put money in your pocket, it's a merge. It's a, it's a marriage between these people. And this is at a high level. This is at, yeah. the, at the base at a, of a high level. The real high level would be major institutions supporting you. And then you have these major collectors who, who shift your pieces around and, yeah. and, and, and notarize them in the sense of putting them in museum shows. And yeah. Create a whole look. It's a whole orchestra. It's a billion dollar industry. I mean, this is this is this is work. This is people that spe specialize specifically on this alone. And most artists just paint. For me, I got to learn both sides of the business because um, graffiti art led me to learn how to how to try to get a job one day, which was paint your fucking wall when I was hungry. Where's your resume? Where's this? Where's that? So that kind of led to that. And then um, the paintings. Once the street art market opened through the, the Banksy phenomenon, the Shepard Ferry, the, yeah. the whole bubble that, that came out. Um, well, when, when did it start? Like, when did you know, like, oh, shit, something's uh, happening? I don't know. In the mid-2000s, I think. It okay. really started. Um, I remember Banksy's first shows in L.A. Have you ever met host him? Of, yeah, he's a great guy. Fantastic guy. Just, just, just a dude, you know. Fantastic, talented dude. Um, but, you know, we're kind of the... the, <laughs> the I guess you could say we're we're the elite special forces of this particular movement in the sense that wow, yeah, we're very highly that. we're very yeah. highly specialized in what we do specifically, right. and we have this language that carries on universally um, to other places, other countries, and and uh, but Banksy is an anomaly. He, I think he's fantastic at what he does. Um, some of it, you know, I, I, some of it's cliche. Some of it is what it is, and that's that's a criticism of every artist. Yeah. But overall, I think he's a fucking genius. He's actually a really nice guy. Um, but, you know, what he's been do, able to do is create that mystique. For me, I was forced into accepting my identity. 
because the minute I started doing more art and doing more, uh, 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 just showing up, more people, I, I couldn't hide my identity anymore. Mm. More, once social media came out, kids were really on fire and trying to identify us, especially through these magazines and all these little things were going on. Yeah. So uh, I had to form an identity because it was forced upon me. I didn't have the opportunity to hide and, yeah. and uh, uh, you know, disguise myself. It was like, okay, at the end of the day, that takes more effort because you have to be out in the open with your balls in the fucking wind, yeah. with your heart on your sleeve, and everybody has access to you. So then you got to be almost like a politician or, or an ambassador for this movement. And so I kind of see myself in that position. You know, um, it's, uh, it's kind of forced upon me. You know, Saber is me, and I can't escape it. You yeah. know? And, and I've tried, but no matter how hard I try, I, I can't. You know, um, so I have to just embrace it. And evolve, evolve with it. You know? You're you're great because your art is great, and you're willing to talk to people, and you don't you don't keep anything. So like you know, sometimes no. some some of these art guys keep them so forcefully mis mysterious. You yeah, know, there's no need to unless yeah. it's necessary. There's no need to because art will speak for itself. You know, yeah. and um, I like the fact that you talk. But for me, for some someone who doesn't know a lot about art, those art gallery things, like I don't know what's going on. It's business. It's it's Pure who's business. I don't know who's who's what. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to. You only follow the trail. For me, it's like the same thing. And you go to Europe or somewhere. You go follow the hash. Yeah, it'll lead you to the right place. You know what I'm saying? So same with art. You follow what you like. Yeah, it leads you to the right place. Oh, Lily, you have to go because you have to go yeah. travel. To go. I'm to so sorry. Yeah, no, no. It's so nice meeting you. Nice to meet you as well. And a safe trip. Thank you. And um, we'll see you soon. Matt yeah. says hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> nice to see um, you. And um, safe trip. And but um, so what do we haven't covered? So I was in a a a tunnel painting. Yeah. And I had to take a shit. I had diarrhea. It's bad. Okay. I know where to go. So I said, guys, I gotta go take a shit. I don't yeah. know what to do. So this is, in LA this is in L.A. when I was a kid and motor and national motor national uh, uh, motor motor yard. OK, okay. So, so I'm in the tunnel there in the train tunnel and I, I'm having a medical issue, which is this fucking blowout that's about to happen. So I say, fuck. So I run over to the side where my friends weren't were and I squat. I take a shit. And the only thing there to rub my ass was a couch. <laughs> so I'm stuck. I'm like, fuck. So. I pull my ass up and I start wiping my ass on the couch to clean my ass. As I'm doing this with my pants and my fucking ankles and I'm rubbing my asshole against this fucking dirty couch, I look up, there's two cops that just hopped the fence that were running straight for me. <laughs> so that was pretty fun. And uh, so basically I had to pull my pants up and then run with a dirty ass away from the cops. And so that was a funny shit story. I got, I got a few of them. <laughs> Shit stories. We never got in specific, but um, this anger thing. And then, I've had uh, severe, severe, severe issues. I don't know why, because we never really sit down, verbalize what specific things bothering us. But like, I, I don't know why. I, I, uh, I told him my. I, 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 I met you, and I felt that energy. Yeah. I I completely understood right away where you're coming from. You know, and um. So I had it so bad at one point that mm -hmm. I knew it was at a maximum when I when I, I bashed my head against the windshield and yeah. tried to crash and, and uh, got out the car and tried to pull people out the car and yeah and I was I was in a bad state and that was because I was on this real severe medication called Keppra that's meant for a seizure disorder and what the doctor didn't tell me 
was, as I'm hearing voices, planning my own suicide, um, um, intense, endless crying, hysterical, um, uh, that it was the highest suicide rate of any drug. And of course, they didn't tell me this. And so, um, as and that I, shit doesn't run you in your family, right? No, yeah. no. And so I, uh, it was basically like if you had a horror film, yeah, and you kept turning the channel. That's yeah. what I heard. That's what I would hear. It, it was this like endless repeat of this, and I would see bugs, and the anger would just take over to the yeah. point of exhaustion. And basically, I would, I you know, I totaled my car with a fucking baseball bat, right? And that's when I decided not to drive anymore. Um, I've been into some pretty serious altercations because of it and, and had to pull myself out of some Your, your wife must be a very understanding person. Well, know? I have my hand tattooed, my, my baby daughter's name. Yeah. Because I, at my last place, I had so many holes in the walls that, you know, at one point I kicked a hole to the fucking wall to the other studio and she would pass me the coffee through yeah. the fucking hole and it was just, it just was embarrassing. And I, I ripped my door off once so when I had girls over back then. I had to put my door, I had to lift my front door into place. <laughs> Very romantic. That was fucking funny. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. And uh, 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 I, it all came down to the fact of this medication and the way it was reacting and the head injuries and how, um, what the head injuries do to your brain function. And um, once I discovered the knowledge, it's, it's one of those things that you know anyone who follows NFL football. Yeah, there's a big issue. It's a huge issue, and, yeah. and it got so out of control. Excuse me, it got so out of control that um, I was I was very I was an extreme danger to myself and, and people around me. And, and uh, uh, where, where, where where are you now? Are you in a good place right now? I'm f- getting there. I'm getting there. I'm learning the tools to deal with this Im- implosion of adrenaline that yeah. makes me. Um, it's a medical thing, and I know now that it's a medical thing. And, and uh, uh, when I was on the meds, once I once you know my wife Googled what the fuck is going on with me, we discovered the information that it was the highest suicide drug. That eased me, and I knew I wasn't crazy anymore. And I said, yeah. "I'm not fucking crazy. This is this is medical." And so once I had to self-diagnose myself, I had to get off the meds myself. I switched my own meds myself. I but self- don't you think? Don't you find it weird? Like, okay, whatever the medication you're using, and I don't care what what it's going to help you with. If the side effect is suicide, it's yeah. probably not even wor- exactly. worth it, you know? Um, exactly. So I had to learn these things on my own because yeah. of the healthcare situation. There's no real dialogue. And you also had to figure out each one of them, but also that which combination you don't really want to do. Yeah, because the meds I'm on, are, if I drink, that's like playing Russian roulette. Right. Um, I can't eat grapefruit, you know, little things. So I've learned to manage the condition now, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling it's been about two years. My last one was very severe. I my heart stopped. I've, yeah. Instead of waking up in the, the neurological ward, I woke up in the fucking cardiac ward. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? Um, you know, those things happen to me. It's like it's, your body's fragile and your body's strong at the same time. And and uh, um, you know, I think it's something I could beat. You know, the more I clean cleanse myself, the anger is the number one issue. So it would set off. I would have major blowouts, and then the next two days after, have a grand mal seizure. So there was a correlation between the extreme anger. And having a severe uh, epileptic issue uh, episode. Yeah. So there's it's a brain. Well, when did you have the last uh, epilepsy? It's been almost two years, and so I'm. I'm Is that the longest you didn't have it? Uh, yeah, as of now. So I'm starting to feel better. Oh my god! Please don't have one during yeah. my podcast. <laughs> no, it's in my sleep. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, it's something that you have to just deal with. And 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 what I know now is the has, tools. Has your has your daughter seen it? 
Yes, she's been involved when she's seen me have a seizure before. Oh. She was a baby. She was so little. Okay. Neighbor came over and took care of her while I, while I was dealing with, while I was, well, the ambulance was in my house. Um, Did you, do you explain it to her? She doesn't, she's still two, so she's yeah. still figuring out. You know, she's, she's learned the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the anger, this is very important, and, and it's when you're at the heat of the moment, when you're in an argument, when you're in the confrontation, there's that moment where you recognize the switch. There, everyone has it, even the people who lose the most control. There is a, a, there's an ignition button that you recognize before you explode. And that is the moment when you have the ability to make the right decision or the wrong decision. Yeah. And so I'm learning now to acknowledge that moment because it builds up. You're angry. It doesn't go away. You're still angry. It holds in. It builds up. And then all of a sudden you're at a peak. Um, is, that, is, that, uh, is that one of the reasons why you don't want to go literally in the street to do because you don't want to have potential problem with cops yeah i've done upset. i've had enough yeah. fucking problems i don't go party yeah. i don't want to see no one i've had enough problems. i've seen enough shit I've seen yeah. enough violence lost enough because i'm sure first thing you think about your daughter right? everywhere yeah. i go in los angeles i always am potentially thinking in my mind strategically if if something happened how would i deal with the situation yeah. always everywhere i go every starbucks Every bathroom, every Del Taco, every fucking freeway, every fucking light, every red light in the back of your head. Yeah. That's what's going on. Um, that's just the way we grew up, I guess. Um, but and, 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 and career-wise, how's it going? Is it things fantastic. Are going good. Fantastic. And, I'm and glad it, to hear that. Yeah, things are going fantastic artistically. Um, New York is treating me very well. And uh, L.A. is always shot on their own. Mm-hmm. L.A. is great at shatting on their own artists. Mm-hmm. It's something that they specialize in. For many years, as part of the cycle, um, and I get a better response elsewhere. And uh, my work is too abrasive for the delicate little egos here. So, so is New York just the number one in the world? Yeah, they're most receptive. Absolutely, to you? Yeah. absolutely. New York. Then why, why wouldn't you want to live there then? Well, I might be. Okay. No, I want you to stay here because I'm here. I can't but... be here. I can't be here any longer. Oh wow! It's too much. I've dealt with enough. I had enough. I'll come back. So you have less problem in New York City. Fucking, they love me. It's great. Everyone's yeah. happy. What I like about the New York psyche in LA, yeah. you move, you live in isolated. You live as isolationist in the sense that the the Western expansion about having a ranch, having the mentality, having your yeah. own space, having you be quiet, have, being in a bubble, being in your car. So what I like about New York is there, all your cards are on the table, and if your game is tight, you win. Yeah. And if your game isn't tight, you lose. And I love that aspect about it. LA, you got to go through 15 card games before someone even wants to read you to figure out if you're even a fucking uh, a good person or not. And, and, and that doesn't mean with the people we love because there's an honesty there that's brutal, you know. But yeah. outside of that, as a business, it's, it's a very difficult place. And that doesn't mean I'm unsuccessful here. I just am making the choice that there's a lot more opportunity in New York City. And that's where I'm, that's where I'm heading. And uh, fucking throwing the shit. How long did it take it? Like you realize it is. This is really good. Um, how many years into about it? About ten years. You started okay. getting a hang of it, just like anything else. You know, to practice. So once other people start giving you positive feedback and you feel confident, you can start using it as a tool. Once you know you can use it as a tool and it happens, then you know you're on to something. You know, my first times at Motor Yard, Motor National down the street. You know, I got my ass kicked. Uh, wearing all white is a 15 year old kid in all white fucking outfit and it rained and these kids from the valley were there and they fucking jumped me and I got beat up in the mud and here I am trying to spray paint my name in this fucking dirty tunnel and, and I'm wearing a fucking all white and I'm bloody and muddy and I'm fucking de- like, just feel like Jesus a Christ. piece of shit. But it yeah. was fun though. I didn't actually get hurt. And so it's about, it's about how low you start from. 
you start from the fucking bottom. And that's the beauty of, of what we do. You start from the bottom and you work your way up. You work your way up the ranks. And if you're going to wake up the ranks, then you have to understand the language, the alpha language, the, the, the language of, of street, which in essence is we're occupying their space. Mm -hmm. So if I have to deal with a gang within that particular neighborhood that's dealing with the particular wall, then I understand the language that's necessary to, to have a conversation with that person and say, well, this is our intentions. This is our outcome. If you don't agree with it, we respect what you say. And that's it. And if you come to them with that, then usually can have a decent correspondence between the two worlds. Um, you have, you, have you had problems with gang members because you're taking certain uh, they Fuck yeah, they've, absolutely. They're completely belligerent at times. But, um, you know, we've had a lot of stories with that. I mean, there was a kid I was painting in, in Hollywood, this little fucking kid, 14-year-old kid. I was painting this big piece. Comes up to me. Kid's got a fucking gun on him. He's 14 years old. His little buddy. Kid's like five feet tall, four feet tall. He's like, he's going to kill his enemies. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, he's from Headhunters Gang. I said, Headhunters? Isn't that in fucking Belmont? I was like, why yeah. are you over here? I was like, wow, that's okay. There's a little sect out here. They're killing his buddies from MS down the street and go shoot him in the afternoon. I'm like, dude, yeah. chill out. You know? So he said, put, <clears throat> put a fucking H on that wall. There's a 14 year old kid who is punking me. I'm a 36 year old man. And he's telling me, what I need to do. And you know, at the end of the day, because he belongs to this organization, you have to comply within reasons. So yeah. You have to work the angle. So for me, I said, look, I'm not going to put your H on my wall. You fucking do it then. So then he wrote a little thing that looked like a little H that only I knew was there, only he knew was there. He became part of the process of the wall and then he felt proud and said, yeah. okay, I'm not going to diss your wall now it's protected. And then he didn't go down the street and shoot the other fucking kid. He went back home and fucking yeah. ate his noodles, wherever the fuck. So it's these little interactions that you deal with that happened on a constant basis. I mean, there were times where we got in fights and, and things yeah. got ugly, but but there were times where really it's about respect and it's it's their property, straight up. So, you know, you either know someone or you're friends with someone or you deal with absolute respect. And so when you're out in the open, your paint's on the sidewalk and you're painting, usually a representative comes up to you and says, what are you doing here? What are your intentions? Some of the times the gangs actually like that we're painting murals on the walls because that's one less wall that they have to patrol. One less wall that their <laughs> enemies diss. Yeah, so straight up. So they like yeah. sometimes because they get fed up with p patrolling their fucking walls. That's a whole cow and mouse game. is fucking phenomenal. I'm totally obsessed with gang graffiti. So it's beautiful. Gang, some gang graffiti is fucking beautiful. I, I, I follow the trail and, and I'm dear friends with, with some of the characters who kind of invented some of the hand styles. And uh, gang graffiti fucking amazing especially when you see him do it it's yeah. true power it's true like you know this is this is absolute you know what i'm saying so um you learn and me as a white boy from the fucking suburbs i learned how to deal with these particular situations by being honest and respectful and that's it and not uh i'll step my boundaries and i and my goal was to say okay well i'm gonna paint something beautiful and if you diss it and you don't like it then fine and i respect that now, if another writer, another tagger, another street artist did that to me, then that's where the conflict comes in. And that's I see. where we say, okay, well, fuck you, and then we need to deal with this, and then I become a stalker, and then that's it, and fuck your life. That's a whole other ballgame, and I hate going down those trails. Yeah. That's why I don't paint, because they become traps. People, people can get at you. And so, uh, you know, I don't have the energy for that. I did a lot of that when I was young. I don't have the energy for that bullshit anymore. I want to ask a couple more, you know, because I think we're running out of time. But um, our good friend, you know, David Chill, I'm curious. Um, I know you're a great guy and you're a modest guy, so uh, I'll, I'll talk to somebody else. But how does how does he rank in uh, street art, Dave? Dave? Yeah. Well, Dave, I call Dave. He's an anomaly. 
And Dave is... Is he a really a street artist or... Uh, I mean, his, his roots are, are mm-hmm. in the application and he, he's, he's a street artist. He's not even a street artist. He's beyond that. Mm-hmm. He's well beyond that. He's a fucking character that happens to make paintings as he travels and as he goes to the world. And that makes him that much more powerful than just a street artist. That makes him... I, I call so, Dave, the, so the performance art is, is important. He's part of the performance, but yeah. at the end of the day, he uses the street as his medium, but it, it's, it's his own thing. It's his own world. And that's why Dave is so unique. And I call him the rogue agent. Whoa. He, he's the rogue agent. What does that mean? Well, we still, he still understands the code. Yeah. He understands the, the code of ethics within that particular realm. He understands the language, but he does his own thing. And it's not street art and tradition, and it's not graffiti and tradition. He does his It's not own fine thing. art either, right? Well, it's fine art. Once it's, anything is fine art once it's on a canvas. I see. I see. Anything. It doesn't matter. Wipe a booger on it. Yeah. It's fine art. That's, that's a whole nother. Oh, I'm an artist. I didn't know. You are an yeah. artist. Absolutely. That's the point. You mm-hmm. know? Um, but Dave, it's about technique. He's a fantastic, his application. Dave taught me a lot about painting, which was stop, finish it, move the fuck on. Paint fast. I mean, okay, what is Dave's he do? amazing. So what, what does he do the best? Like Paint fast we, and big. He paints fast and big, and he paints figurative work fucking fantastic. And his application mm-hmm. is very unique in the sense the way he holds a spray can is his own kind of unique little approach. He holds a spray can on the edge, which gives it a, an edge and a shadow which is uh, kind of a flare technique yeah. um, that's very unique. And, and the way he does it, it's his own hand, his own muscle memory, and it's something that's very, very beautiful in a sense. And because he's such a monster, he can just attack anything. It doesn't matter what it is. And so he's bigger than a street artist. Yeah. He's a fucking, he, he's, a, he's a rogue agent. He's a fucking, he's an he's a art mercenary. He's a man behind the curtain. He's a puppet master he's yeah. a fucking media mogul he's a he's a you know he's he's a gambling machine he's so much further mm-hmm. than just the isolated term of that you know and that's like myself as well to break that and transcend that which is for me yeah. artist just artist and that's a bigger term so dave is an artist on all things his life his thinking his actions you know for me i'm more confined because i'm still i still belong to a certain code of ethics that 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 is a very alpha kind of thing so I still you're carry very, myself. You're, you're a very principled guy. Yeah. You, you you believe in stuff. You you have a beliefs, and when you have principle, there's times it's not convenient to have them, right? Because it could hurt you. Yeah. You, I know exactly what you. you know, <laughs> it hurts you, and uh, when if you're a weasel individuals, yeah, you make compromises and. Um, I've Be- been having a hard time with weasels lately. Yeah, weasel. Me and weasels have been having a difficult time. I've had some conflicts lately w- with particular uh, weasel types, and uh, uh, unfortunately, I, I, in the old, old days, I would just be belligerent and yeah. just take care of business. But you can't do it's that. Hard now, so, you, you know? It's hard when it's hard when you have a wife and kid. <laughs> yeah, I know? can't. I can't. I love my my baby girl. That's it. You know? it's, because at that point, it's not about you. You could be if you're a single guy, you're sent to jail for like a week, whatever. whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever. You know. But your daughter not seeing you for a week, it'd be devastating. Yeah. yeah. And you know, in our world, it's some sometimes things get a lot worse than just. I mean, there's been there's been a lot of <laughs> tragedies that that are yeah. still floating around the back of my head. Number one is Ty. You know, it was a very difficult situation. If anyone wants to Google, they'll find out the the horror story that is. And and there's just a lot that's happened over the years, and uh, we just need you know keep moving, keep fucking moving. Dave is a wizard. I love Dave. He's a so, you, do you have any recommendation for kids who, 
want to were getting themselves involved in the street art. What what would, advice could you give it to I, them? I would say nobody should do fucking street art or graffiti. Shut the fuck up and go write poetry and go mac on girls and go finger bang <laughs> girls. Yeah. And go have fun and go fucking listen to your parents yeah. and go be little bitches and do what the fuck you're told. Yeah. And if you disagree with me, then you're going to go out and do some fucking graffiti. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it. You know? That's it. It's a, it's a virus. It's a fucking addiction. Not everybody gets the addiction. So you do get high. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Hiding from helicopters? I can tell you all stories about how to hide from helicopters. I've been in a lot of helicopter chases when I was younger. Fantastic. Oh, my God. The power. Be a black person? <laughs> yeah, I've been a few helico- freeway helicopter chases. Have been uh, fantastic. And, oh, that's that's some real intense fun right there. That's great. Good times, man. Being on buildings, being on a fucking building yeah. overlooking the city, and there's a helicopter after you is fucking amazing. There's nothing like it. You never been caught? Hell yeah, I've been caught. <laughs> <laughs> You know how you get away from helicopters? I don't do this now. I'm fat and old and broken, whatever. Got kids. But, how, do you, but how do you... There's a basic secret. Follow the shadow. Chase the shadow. Chase the shadow. Chase the shadow. Spin ah. with trees. Spin with trees. Spin with car. Chase the shadow. Assume there's ground units. Always assume there's a ground right. unit. Always assume there's a ground unit. Chase the shadow. Chase the shadow. You leap to shadows. I've been, I've been in at least 15 helicopter chases got away on all i've got away from most of them I this see. is when i was younger we were crazy i was on the fucking freeway i didn't care another thing i heard like if you don't want helicopter chase you go to airport because they're not supposed to fly in the in, that's not true because they'll then they'll get tsa and everyone else on your ass and oh, that's true. 10 times worse yeah but uh uh it was la it was the mechanism it was the city it was the fucking it was it was uh, blade runner you know what i'm saying we're dealing with this shit it's real it's fucking happening right now you know, and you see this system, this 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 organism that you look down upon from the yeah. sky, and you see it, and you go, "Wow, there's a lot of shit going on down there," and it's fucking in its concrete ways. And you know, when you're a graffiti artist, you can react and see it and reflect, yeah. you know, and get to get to inform yourself. Unless you're an ignorant fuck and you want to stick yourself in the same mindset, you know, that's that's their choice. But I still have love for for everyone. Yeah. Do you have any sort of concern about where the street art is going? Or is I don't it, care where it goes. Yeah, it's on its own thing. It's being so commodified at this point; it doesn't even matter. Street art is a softer version of what we did. Everyone's happy with it. They can go have fun, make art, mm-hmm. have a good time. You know, that's it. There's nothing more. I love all of it. I love the worst of it, the best yeah. of it. I love all of it. You know, all of it. You know, that's that's what's important. You know, the creative process is, is... We all deal with the creative process on a daily basis. How to make a decision, whatever it is. Yeah. And you creatively make that decision. So it's the same thing, just applied differently. And street art is given the vehicle for graffiti art to, to be more accept, you know, acceptable in that sense, too. But at the end of the day, you know, fuck them. Because it's going to take a kid by himself to go say, fuck the world and go steal that spray paint. And go fuck. I love. I used to love stealing. Fuck. I was good at it. Yeah. Pushing out carts. I was great at that shit. I was awesome at pushing out carts. I was fucking fantastic. Flat screen TVs, Dyson vacuums, Walmart slipping. IKEA slipping. Slipping. Anything in a box free. I used to love that shit. I love the the challenge of it. I love the challenge of going into a store 
and not stealing on your person, but pushing out a lot of shit. <laughs> Eugene, do you, do you do you did you ever do graffiti work when you were a kid? No, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I, I think you guys are ballsy because I just have this fear like cops gonna show up. I know I have a just bad luck, and the first time I'm doing it, I'll I'll, I'll get fucking caught. And the first time I did it, I almost got caught. Oh, you did? Yeah, the second time I did it, I almost got caught. The third time I did it, I almost got caught. But that's the thrill of it. Yeah, you, know what I mean? you get addicted to the thrill. At that high, it's yeah. like when you steal like a candy bar. From yeah. It really is like a young person's game, isn't it? It is. A, it's a full-blown young person's game. And so what you see is these old guys who are still, their mindsets in there. Yeah. And you see how certain people have stayed the same and yeah. still over the years. And for me, I was already multifaceted as an artist. So I informed what I learned, made it, made it something creative. But, uh, you know, it's really interesting because David had a stealing addiction as well. And yeah. I think you guys were just chasing after the high. It's a chasing the high. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know so. it really is. Um, I wrote I wrote a little book that's out there. It's called Saber, Matt Society. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's uh, it's out there. There's there's You, you can get on Amazon. Um, Everyone buy it. Yeah, it's good. I tell a lot of these stories. I tell mm-hmm. a lot of the stories of, of what went down. And I have a lot of photos of some of the old stuff. It's more graffiti based um, yeah you know now i'm i'm really focusing on the fine art and, and i want to do giant metal sculptures you know like yeah that's cracking but um no I, I i want i want you to keep making that money take care of your daughter and yeah. take care i was of scratching my name and yeah. to the to the talk del taco the other day though in the bathroom, of course. <laughs> and it really upset me as hard as you work and i knew you're a fucking phenomenal hard worker it just really annoys me that you don't have health insurance it's sad. It really is. It, it just makes me sick. That's why I paint the flags. That's why yeah. the whole flag. That's why it's fuck Fox News. That's why they came after me. That's why yeah. I was on the fucking cover of the NRA. That's why these people were, were, went after me. And I said, fine, come after me. Let's do this shit. I'm on. Let's make it happen. I it's make- disgusting that these, not all, but there was a pretty good percentage of people in Wall Street stealing billions of dollars and losing billions of dollars and, and constant, literally like trillions of dollars of damage to the whole world. Yeah. Yet, vast majority, as you know, yeah. vast majority get fucking get away with it, and you do this art for public service, and they make you guys yeah. public enemy number one. You well, know? you know what it is. The world's a lot bigger than all of us. Yeah, and half the people got to get ground up. Yeah, that's done. That's life. So we have to accept it. You know, keep pushing, keep changing. But at the end of the day, we're all gonna get ground up. So um, we're all ground meat, buddy. What horse? Before we let you go, like. Tell me, um, what are you, what what's new, interesting project you're working? And um, I want to take some giant American flags uh, and shoot them and blow them up with metal ones. I think that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Big ones. I want to take luxury vehicles and I want to crash them. Big ones, nice ones, new yeah, ones. Yeah, what's I want to. I need a. I need a Lamborghini or no? Actually, I mean, actually, I'm going for a, a American brand, any sort of super luxury American brand car, and I want to fucking smash it. I think that'd be Ford GT, maybe. Why not? <laughs> you know, but that's all. That's all symbolically. Really, though, it's about painting process. I love to paint the abstraction, the graffiti, wild. I, I guess that that's the part I never understood. Like these performance arts kind of things yeah. that you do. I want to do more skywriting. Yeah, so it gives you publicity and get your name out. Then you could sell the actual fine art stuff. Is, is no. that the logic behind? The two are not correlated. You would think it would be because I generate more press than than most even firms sometimes. Yeah, but. Um, the two have nothing to do with each other. Is that right? Nothing to do with each other. The so why market. why would you smash a brand new car like for like a visual work and the metaphor? 
maybe huh. he maybe he could sell it for three million dollars. The metaphor, <laughs> the metaphors, yeah, the metaphors. There's there's a lot that's buried within the metaphors that I think are really important that need to be need to be examined. The metaphor, nationalism, the flag, yeah, you know, the industry. There's a lot of metaphors out there that need to be examined and uh, uh, looked at from from a conceptual point of view. That that I think there's a lot of ideas out there that that could be approached. Um, still with the graffiti mindset, which is smash and grab, yeah, make it happen, make it with style, you know. But there's there's a lot of stuff. There's it's endless. It's endless. Well, I want. I want. I want. Uh, oh, go ahead, Eugene. Oh yeah, I just had one question. Like when we we're driving in downtown LA, we just see some of these billboards. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right now uh, we have a huge project that's going on all over the city. Where, speaking of the billboard industry, mm-hmm. we finally had a dialogue between them. They said, you know, we need to give back a bit with the art. So mm-hmm. we got to have uh, fourteen, fifteen billboards. We have art billboards up right now all over the city. As a uh, gesture between us and the billboard industries, luckily they don't want to prosecute us anymore for the graffiti we did, and they need a better public uh, outlook by supporting the arts. Everyone wins, and we got fucking wild style billboards up all over the city, and this is through ArtShare. So if you look up hashtag ArtShare, mm-hmm. uh, ArtShare LA, um, it's a community center in downtown LA that uh, was a show that we helped raise funds, and through that um, we support this community center by exposing it um, through this uh, billboard project. It's called Art Share LA um, hashtag, and there's a lot on Instagram uh, yeah. with this particular thing. Um, there's a lot uh, uh, media within it, within the billboards themselves because they get a lot of uh, yeah. uh, Instagram <clears throat> individually. There's a lot of social media stuff, um, so it's um, really why did successful. it take why did it take so long for them just to talk to you guys? Um, well, we didn't have the vehicle to a certain degree, but we met. We met. I mean, we always had dialogue going on, but. Um, you know, it's just evolution, evolving. I just think if if you have a problem with someone pointing finger and yelling at that that's never going to solve a problem. Well, you can well, make compromises. We did paint their billboards illegally. <laughs> I, 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 I understand. I understand that. But you guys can keep doing it, and, and however many times they arrest you, it just seems like just calm down for a moment and just talk to you guys. No. And you, you don't we're think it would have worked. Talking nobody. Throw your ass in fucking jail. No, okay. Let me give you. Let me give me an example. My 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 brother's a professional skateboarder, <laughs> and uh, they that ship used to piss the cops. You know, Southern yeah, California, eighties and nineties. Yeah, I know all about that. Yeah. So <laughs> eventually, some of the city made a compromise and provided skate park. We're hated, buddy, but wow. we're, we're loved elsewhere. Right. So, so then, now that your art is on these billboards legally. How do you feel about that? Do you, I mean, it's... I don't care. The illegal factor is out of it. I don't so. give a fuck either yeah. way. I'm just yeah. happy there's a billboard up. Oh, okay. And we got to help uh, this this community center. Would you have ever thought that the billboard companies would yeah. work with you? because okay. we've been aggressive as fuck on okay. getting their billboards. So eventually we're like, so we're doing billboards. Yeah. We're doing okay. billboards, motherfucker. Let's do this. Interesting. <laughs> so so any, any other project you want to talk about? Um, 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 fuck, man. I mean, just keep an eye out for, for at Sabre, social mm-hmm. media. Um, I'm active there. Been, been just what was the other one? Saber1.com? Saber1.com. The website's Saber-O-N-E.com. S-A-B-E-R-O-N-E.com. It's not happy with the site at the moment. I'm revamping yeah. the site. But, uh, just get an Asian guy to do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually what I look for. Yeah. So at Saber is kind of a, gre- a direct way to get at me. Um, yeah. Google Plus. I have a Google Plus account that's... that's 
Um, What's your Twitter to, uh, at account? At Saber. At Saber is a Twitter. Oh, okay. Um, Instagram is at Saber AWR. I really love social media. I love to the idea of spreading information. Yeah. Um, I love do, the idea do of... Do you have a Facebook page? That I have a Facebook page. There's okay. 30,000 some people on there going crazy. Um, wow. There's uh, That's uh, Saber AWR. So all that's networked in. It's all there. Um, it's just... Uh, Good you know, for you. Just doing it, you know. Just, just follow what's right. It's been hard, but at the end of the day, we know get to paint and, and do some cool shit man I, I hope um, I'm gonna be gone for like two months but when I come back I like to spend more time man cause yeah. uh, I I, um, I know you say all this dark edgy scary stories but I don't know why whenever you talk it makes me happy yeah I don't they're, <laughs> they're good you know, I got some worse ones too that yeah. are really bad but I, I've had some instances where, where some things went down and you, you see how life plays out in front of you yeah. in a real quick way and you see human lives in front of you and you see the, the edge of life the light how it can flicker in front of you and you're yeah. like wow okay and, and, you know. and, and everything that you just say is exemplified by your artwork because everyone just Chick Savers artwork just Google it's just a fucking beautiful Thank work you. man it really is the current and, stuff's on uh, if you Google search Saber um, Opera Gallery, mm-hmm. um, it'll show some the current show that's up right now. I have with this artist named Rostar who yeah. showed the space. Great stuff. Uh, it's an evolution. Very excited. Very happy. Very confident. Yeah. About this. So and and believe me, when, when I say Michelangelo, he complained about having back back yeah. pain. But he wasn't getting harassed by kids. He wasn't getting harassed <laughs> by dogs and cops. Without epilepsy, too. Yeah, so... Yeah. He had his own problems. You had all these things that were against you. You still did it because you're good at it. You loved it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you, you, you face many obstacles in your life. But it's out, out of that, you were still able to create this beautiful work, man. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. And um, yeah. it will inspire younger kids. Seriously, yeah. it will inspire kids. That's what it's about, really. Is yeah, is, is passing this the seed of New art generation. Yeah, really, because it know, opens their minds to anything, and they go, "Well, I'm not going to do graffiti, but I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to make music instead. I'm going to, you know, it really opens the mind. Yeah, and that's what it's about. Just like Shakespeare influenced Hemingway, yeah. you're going to influence these kids, yeah. and it's going to move on, and your art art will be appreciated for many, many, many years yeah. to come, and. I I I am I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to that one day when you show your daughter how to use spray can because <laughs> she's that's already a, on. Oh, she's <laughs> already doing it. Yeah, I can't, I don't want her around the fumes though, man. So anytime I'm using it, she grabbed this or spraying shit. I'm like, no, no. I, I I just think this is great <laughs> that uh, she's growing up in an environment, yeah, encouraging creativity and just yeah. it's. It's wonderful. I'm very blessed to have that. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think she's very blessed to have you, man, yeah. as Thank a father. You. I appreciate it. Sometimes I forget. You know, I feel like an asshole, tyrant sometimes. Well, Saber, take care of yourself, and please don't don't Thank get you. impelled. <laughs> no, I'm not. Please don't get your fucking heads fucking <laughs> no, bashed I'm in. I'm good, man. I'm sitting in the studio like an old man drinking coffee, fucking playing. No, but you look really golf. healthy. You look really healthy. I Thank like you. I like your temperament right yeah. now, and um, I, good, I, I, good. I'm very happy. And um, usually I'm way hyper, like more. Like, yeah <laughs> and um yeah um i i i i um i can't wait to see you and your daughter together in the same room yeah. i have i haven't seen it so um, i'm looking forward to that yeah. and uh, she's a character man she's on fire i love her before i let you go I, this is just an idea it'll be great if you do a podcast on your own uh-huh. but you just talk to your daughter <laughs> and you could kind of save this yeah. audio thing as yeah. uh 
I think it'll be great because this is something that you could give it to your daughter. Seriously, yeah. maybe once a week, just talk to her for ten minutes, and it's um, a great idea. And you do this for like uh, years, every once a week for like however many years until she graduates. And like it'll be this great audio art that you're creating. That's a great idea. Fantastic archive. And it'll be wonderful because you could take clip from the all the best clip throughout the first year and until she's eighteen, and just listen to it. And like you, you could literally hear in an hour, hour and a half, the That's voices awesome. are changing, oh, and, and, you, wow. and, and you're creating this thing. Like, and I'm sure it will embarrass her. And uh, you know, you and I know we love to embarrass people. <laughs> you could ask some serious question to her, like, "What do you think about gay marriage?" And like, be, she doesn't know, but it'll be just fun to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I hope you do it because I've been recommending all my friends with kids. Like, my friend Stan Chen's a very funny comedian. He's a FedEx pilot and his son is 17. I told him, like, Look, dude, you should do this once a week because eventually once, once he turns 18, you have a less chance to spend time. Yeah. This is a quality time. And it's not expensive. You, you could yeah. have a cheap audio thing, but you should do it. You should spend once a week. Yeah. And, and don't even tell her. Just, just kind of keep it on and yeah. just talk to her. And, okay. You do it once a week, and you do that for the next however many years you before you graduate. I, th I think it'll be wonderful, man. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's it, beautiful. Uh, yeah, I, I think that would be a beautiful audio work. Yeah. You know, yeah. Please, please do it because I thought I haven't told too many artists. Friend, I think I think you actually the, you're the first one. I think it'd be an awesome art art yeah. project. You know. Wow. Because this there's this this wonderful documentary called Seven Up. Have you ever seen those? Uh -uh. The, the, I'll finish with this. Seven Up documentary is basically BBC made this documentary from 60 years ago. They made the first documentary when the kids were seven years old. Mm -hmm. And every seven years, they make another documentary. So uh, I think their eighth one or maybe wow. ninth one, they're 50 some years old. So they, they made this movie every seven years that they'll go and meet up those kids. Oh, wow. So if you've been following it, you throw out, you see how much they grow, how much they go, uh, things go well for them or horrible. Right. You, you, you see this literally this life art, you know? Yeah. And, um, so the first one was seven, fourteen, twenty-one, twenty-eight. It goes on and like, you see them and like these people become part of your life, yeah. you know? So if you do this audio thing with your daughter, I think I'm gonna t I'm gonna do that. Yeah, it'll be great, great because uh, if you do this, and I think you're disciplined enough to do it, I I will enjoy it because I could only match when. I'll have you edit it. Well, well, <laughs> I don't know if you want porn guy to uh, I know, edit I audio. <laughs> yeah, I'll edit in a weird way, you know. <laughs> She says something, but she I, I edit in a way they will be like, like, hey, daddy, don't touch me there. But anyway, oh um, <laughs> I can only imagine when she's 13, like, dad, I don't want to do this stupid podcast. I don't want to talk to you. That's you perfect. Know, like, yeah. That's perfect. You know, so if you have it, like, make a best job, I think that would be cool. So I'm I hope do you it. do it, man. I'm do it. All right. Saber, thank you, man. I, I hope to thank see you, you soon. I'll be back in two months. And yeah, um, let's get um, I'm a big fan, and uh, thank you for doing this. And uh, hope take care of the. Body. I really want to see you and Dave in the same room again. I yeah. really had a fun time last time. So uh, yeah, Dave. Yeah. Dave is one of my dear dear friends. He's that. a great guy, but um, I, I know just, you guys I, are battling it out right now. But I just, I just, right. I just, I I just bring the worst out of him. I don't know what it is. <laughs> That's okay. Just give each other a hug and go back to bromance. Yeah. But well, Saber, thanks, man. And uh, Thank you, I'll buddy. see you soon. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> Good night. Bye.